Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Ron is going to drift back, and he's got some speed. He can fly up to the red line. Brings it in over the blue line, leaves it for Shen. Into Verona, he scores! Bring out the Zamboni! Overtime game winner, Yakub Verona! 21 seconds into overtime, and the Blues skate away with a 6-5 win on home ice tonight. Let's get nasty on a Wednesday. Almost screwed that up by saying fast lane first, but it's the date. It's the day first, Jamie. Then you jump in the fast lane. It's going to be That's a great day, That's how it day, normally Anthony. works. We're, let's get nasty on a Wednesday. Opening day eve. Yeah. Yes. We're going to be out there tomorrow. Ballpark Village. Oh, Don't forget about that. Can't wait. We got a gift card to hand out, too. Do we? Yeah, celebrate opening day. 101 ESPN giving, a, giving you a $50 gift card. To Jamie? where, Anthony? Uh, it's a gift card. To, to Ballpark, Ballpark Village. Village. You spend it anywhere you want? Right there at Ballpark Village. Yeah. Where would you spend it? Probably at Ballpark Village. Yeah, but where at Ballpark Village? You know where I'm spending. It's right there at the bar. Which bar, though? There's One lots of, them. of them. All right. Whoever Got a couple ex- of new places going in down there. The Budweiser Brew House. Of course, the because Budweiser Brew House. Because that's where we're going to be. Damn right. That's what I would do. So, yeah, I'd be going right to the booze. Although I'm hoping they'd comp us. You'd hope. But if not, we'd have the gift card, huh? <laughs> huh, Jamie? Yes. Opening day eve. All right. Well, we got to talk before we talk about tomorrow. We yeah. got to talk about last night as the Blues win a game. Got Boy, a little shaky. They made it interesting, didn't they? Once again, scored a bunch of goals and once again allowed a bunch of goals. Son of a batch of biscuits. Including the 14 seconds remaining. It's the 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 stress I didn't need, Anthony, mm-hmm. quite honestly. It's uh it's one thing to you know, allow 7 goals to LA. It's quite another to allow 5 to Vancouver. God, they got a pretty powerful offense, Vancouver. You mean the defenseman that scored twice? That guy? He's pretty good. He's got 70 points in 70 games. <laughs> he's pretty good. I think he'll do. <laughs> you can go get him now. He, he's good. Yeah. But now the Blues win a game. They beat the Canucks in overtime, and our guy, uh, Yakub Verana, scoring two goals. Yeah. All this guy does is score goals, Jamie. He's played, uh, he's scored goals very well. For the B- Blues since coming here. I think BK and Ferrario wanted to sign him to a 10-year extension. Oh, it was a 10-year, $100 million is what I heard. I wouldn't do that, Jamie. I would uh, pump the brakes on that personally. Yeah. I mean, call me, I don't know, old school. But I'd like to see him do it for uh, a continued amount of time. That'd be nice, huh? I get it. There's some excitement. He's scoring goals, which is great. Uh, you needed some offense, and Kapanen and Verona have both supplied offense to your team and quite honestly Sammy Blay has provided a spark another assist last night for Sammy Blay uh he stays hot for the Blues did you just bang just, your head I totally did did you just bang your, I, did you hear that I dropped my run down and just smoked myself right in the head on the counter now I see holy smokes now I know why you smashed your face off the side wow. of the pool that just happened on live air. I got two chairs. I don't know why there's two chairs over here, but there they're, always is. They're always there. They're always here. Yet I managed this counter. I've, I've sat at this spot for 10 years now, Jamie. Look, I know this counter. Moved. It hasn't moved. Mm-mm. 
And I just went, bent down, picked up my rundown. When I came came up, smoked the side of my head. You came up with some force, too. I did. Why like my keyboard actually like kind of jumped off the counter. I here. wanted to make sure that, you know, I commented on whatever you were saying. Yeah. So pick up the rundown quickly uh-huh. and get it. I'm off to a hot start. Marshy, is there a spotter that's provided for Hubbard Radio in case someone bangs their head? There needs to be. Anthony's in primetime spring break form. Wow. Anthony's going to be in protocol here pretty soon. Jeez. The spotter picks up on that. Hey, uh, if Mike Ryder's listening right now, we need to bring out the blue medical tent. Yeah. Why is he putting on rubber gloves? Interesting maneuver. Mm. Either way, uh, Jacob Verana and Kasperi Kapanen have j- given a jolt to the offense for the Blues since becoming a part of the team. And look, Verona is is exactly what you're seeing. He scores in bunches. It doesn't quite play a 200-foot game. Yet, he's just got here. Craig Berube and Steve Ott. Are you tiptoeing? You're, t- you're totally tiptoeing. Well, it's unfair for me to say he can't ever play that kind of a game. You don't if have to say Anthony, that. No, hang on. If I'm going to take the stance of this small sample size of... You know, it's too much of a small sample size to talk about an extension for this guy. Mm-hmm. That I have to stay on the same page if it's too much of a small sample size to say that he's not a 200-foot player. Right now, he's not a 200-foot player. Quick question for you. Sure. Has he ever been? No. No, but the rinks are different over in Europe. Maybe he doesn't know. Are the rinks different in Washington? Maybe. Or Detroit? They're bigger, I think. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but one guy who does play a 200-foot game is our guy, Jake Neighbors. This kid has been great. He's had a, he has been up and down and all around this year uh, with injury. And then just because, you know, he's learning. It's his first year in the NHL. He His confidence level is sky high right now. And I love it. He runs a guy over behind the net last mm-hmm. night. And then feeds the guy, the next guy, his lunch. I mean, lefts and rights and take that home with you for the family while you're at it. Mm-hmm. Complimentary. Gets a little scuff on the nose. Big deal. The fans go crazy. Craig Berube loved it, too. He had a great scrap last night. It's great to have him back in the lineup. He brings so much energy and, and fight to his game and effort. You know, it's it's nice to watch, and it's great to have. Look forward to working with this kid. He's, he's, he's a special guy. He's definitely old school. and Well, he's a Western boy. But anyways, uh, you know, he's very enjoyable like to be around. And I love his game. Love the way he plays. Anthony, I don't know if you're aware of this, okay? That's Craig Berube. He's the head coach of the Blues. Uh-huh. And he might as well have just been Jake Neighbor's agent. He usually doesn't talk like that. He's very measured. He, yeah, he does not... He'll praise a player. He'll give he'll give the kudos to a player. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't usually sound like that. No. It's more in line of, yeah, he's playing well. He's playing well. Yeah, I, like, I like what he's doing. He's been fine. Mm-hmm. He drops that one. Yeah. I like what I've seen recently. No, he likes Jake Neighbors. Why wouldn't you? If you're a Blues fan right now, you have to be excited. As much as it sucks that you're not going to make the playoffs this year, okay? I think you have to kind of compartmentalize different sections of this team. I think if you look at the goaltending, you have to be excited. You have Jordan Bennington, who's still the number one goalie in the NHL. You got Joel Hofer, who came up and looked awesome. So that's that's a reason to be excited. I think as far as a defensive core is concerned, I mean, that's including everybody. Tucker, Perunovic, everything that you have in the system and what you currently have. Yes, I understand there needs to be some tweaks, but I think overall you can feel positive about it. 
I think that when you look at goal scoring now, yeah, Kapanen, Verana, Thomas, Cairo, Booch. Like, you've got some guys who put the puck in the net right now. Braden Shen's a 20-goal scorer again, seventh time in his career. I think you can be excited. So overall, this team, although it hasn't always pulled together properly or consistently throughout the season, there are elements that are going to be exciting to watch in the offseason. Not that there'll be a whole bunch of maneuvers by Doug Armstrong, but guys will get that much better. Kapanen will know the system more. Hopefully, Verona continues to evolve. Jordan Kairou, hopefully he continues to evolve. Robert Thomas, hopefully he takes his game to the next level. It's looking more positive for the Blues moving forward than it did a month ago. Robert Thomas Thomas commented, I believe it was last night, maybe today, uh, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the quote right in front of me, but he basically said, the culture in that room is getting back to where it used to be. We can feel it inside of that room. Again, I'm paraphrasing, but something like that, that speaks volumes because for a while there, it it sure did feel like it was fractured in there. And I think following the trades at the deadline, it probably felt void and vacant of what the leadership is or what it used to be. And now guys are stepping up. New guys are now truly a part of the team. They're they're not only, you know, day in, day out with the team, but they're contributing and they're a part of it. Jake Neighbors is back and he's beating guys up. And so, <laughs> but, it, but all this stuff goes a long way. So I, as hard as we've been on the Blues all season long for their lack of consistency, I am very optimistic with the pieces that they currently have in place. Kidding. What? You're not. I love the offensive approach. <sighs> Anthony. I love that these guys can score goals. I do. Two-goal game last night for Verona. Two-goal game the other night from uh, Shen. Falk continues to play well. Oh, fucker. I like what I'm seeing offensively, Jamie. No yeah. question about it. What's your problem then, Anthony? No, I don't know if I have a problem. Well, maybe it's it a concern. Like I've got a concern. What's your concern, Anthony? Uh, you know, you the defense. Like goals? I do like goals. Just can we keep, I don't know, one or two of them or five of them out of the back of our net? At the end of the day, did you score more than the opposition? Last night, you did. That's all that matters. Okay. Two points, baby. So we're just going to move on. Yeah. Okay. Why wouldn't you? Sure. Fans like it. Yeah. They're all applauding. Fans probably, I'd say my daughter was at the game last night, and she was like, this is an awesome game. <laughs> <laughs> really, this is exciting. I mean, there's goals everywhere, overtime, there's a fight. Dad. Shootout. Or no, is, no, no shootout. They just have the overtime. The overtime. Dad, this is the greatest game ever. Yeah. I'm sitting there tearing it apart. <laughs> They're missing their assignments here. Neutral zones of mass why the, turnovers. Why are, you, why are the defensemen pinching there? Dad, why are you so unhappy? Yeah. I don't know. They won. Maybe the position I played there, honey. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalzer. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN 212. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Matt Holiday is going to join us at 3 o'clock today, talk a little Cardinals baseball, get his thoughts on opening day tomorrow. Jeremy Rutherford will also join us. He's our Blues insider with The Athletic. He's going to join us in the 4 o'clock hour. But again, Matt Holiday coming up at 3 o'clock. Speaking of the Cardinals, what's the greatest unknown right now for the Cardinals heading into this season? If you want to participate, you always can. Leave us a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. What is the greatest or biggest unknown for the Cardinals heading into the season? We'll talk about it next on 101 ESPN. I think it's that, that culture that we're building back. And before my first year here, they missed the playoffs. And we've had a pretty good run since then. So we're, we're going to try and do that, do that same thing. Anthony, who cares what you think? 
We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yesterday, I was doing some jogging and biking and play catch out to 160. I did a full workout. The last test that I'll have to pass before I can go and, and get on the mound and make pitches is, is can I get into that deep squat? Because there's times, you know, even though I didn't do it during the WBC, there's going to be times where I have to get into that squat and field my position and catch a ground ball or run over, catch, you know, cover first and get into an athletic position. I'll, I'll need to do that too. But I'm so excited that I've made the, the progress that I have. And also, you know what? I'm excited to, to do some strengthening stuff that I needed to do anyways for my left leg that was kind of weak coming into camp and for my core that, that needed it also. So I, I'll, I think I'll come out of this much better than when I went into it. That was Adam Wainwright talking about uh, the deep squat, Jamie. Couldn't get into the deep squat there. Anthony, when's the last time you did deep squats? It's been a while. Yeah? Maybe about five years. I, I would have said six. I would have said longer. No, I was working out pretty. Uh, I, I I work out just the the deep squat. I don't know if I've so, really tested the squat in a while. When you squat, mm-hmm. Anthony, okay, um, what do you call a successful squat? Like, what would you count as one rep? Because I've seen these guys in the gym, these people in the gym, they load up that bar and they grunt and they got snot coming out and all this stuff, and they go down about a quarter of the way and. Yeah, no. And I'm like, you're not even, like, that's not, hey, bro, that's not a squat. I think you got to be a little less than parallel. For me, it's breaking the 90-degree plane. Okay. Just breaking it a little bit Mm -hmm. with your gluteus maximus. And then then going up? Then you push, you just thrust up, Anthony. You want to push your pelvic forward, too, so it's a nice big full thrust. Yeah. You You don't go all the way down so at least your legs are parallel? Parallel? No, I go yeah. past ninety degrees. So ninety degree angle. Right. Okay. I go past it. Okay. Gotcha. So yes, more than ninety degrees. Okay. Well, what you did there? Well, I was... yeah, I'm not going to do a deep. Mm-hmm. I lose the microphone here. Well, I did. I smoked my head for okay. the, the, the. We'll go deep squat. There we go. Oh, baby. Nice. That's what. That's what I would. Why were you staring there? Well, of course I'd stare there. You're. You're. You're right, doing I'm, a squat. I'm, gonna leave. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna look at you doing a squat. Come on. I feel weird, yet not completely uncomfortable. But anyways, exactly. Wayne apparently can't get into the deep squat here. And that's, and that's what's issue. holding him back. Yeah, that was Adam Wainwright, by the way. And the you know what my solution drive. is? Don't do a deep squat. Now? But you need your legs, Jamie. If you're on a When's pitch, the last you're going to make a full season. squatting down that low? Okay, Jamie, it's not, it's not about that. As you know, it's about building the strength in the legs, in the trunks. The last time I saw him do a nice squat like that was Game 5 of the 2014, what was it, the 2014 2013 NLDS when he pitched a complete game. Remember that? Remember that was the last that? time? Yeah, remember oh, he got yeah. in that well, deep yeah, squat. Right He's like, right. come here, Yachty. Yeah. Shaking his fist. Even that, though, wasn't a successful squat. He didn't go 90 degrees. But it He's was a, a tall one. guy. It's tough to get, you know, all the way down there. It's the same rules apply, Anthony. Okay. Just saying. Either way. He's not available. No, he sounds like he's okay, though. No? I mean, that sounded like someone who was... In a good mood and fairly positive about mm-hmm. what's going on here right now. Yeah, he thinks that. Sure. Yeah. He thinks that. And I believe he does think that. He mm. believes that stuff. What do you think? Would do you think Wayno? it's like, let, Anthony, I'm going to trust you here, okay? Okay. I'm going to tell you what I think. Mm-hmm. I'm worried. I'm truly worried. 
I don't want to doubt Adam Wainwright, and I can't say that I fully doubt Adam Wainwright. But sometimes, as an athlete, an aging athlete, we go through this little thing called denial. And I remember towards the end of my career, I thought, I haven't lost a step at all. I'm fine. Because coach was like, yeah, you know, we're going to... Like, what are you talking about? I'm a great I skater. I feel like fine. I can move. I'm high-stepping out here. Yeah. And then and you I, died on the ice. Well, that was a different story. Oh. But um, then I watched the video. I wasn't high-stepping <laughs> like I thought I was. <laughs> The mind was playing tricks on you. At one point, I thought I looked like I was doing a tractor pull out there. So. Why? (laughs) Yeah. When did that piano get on my back, and who put it there? Who put a parachute on River's back? (laughs) Who put that there? Who's the jokester? But my point is about this whole thing is that sometimes we feel and view things differently as the athlete, and I'm not saying that that's the case here with Adam Wainwright. I don't know. I haven't seen him pitch yet. Like live, I haven't seen it, so I can't tell you what he's feeling, uh, what the problem is, what the solution is, if he's right, if he's wrong. I just worry that there's been a lot of things consecutively now. The comeback off the knee. Then the other issue before the World Baseball Classic. Now another issue following the World Baseball Classic. Older athlete, these things start to happen. It's not his fault you just start to fall apart a little bit. Right. I think we need to separate things here. Let's separate our feelings on it, and I'll give you mine too. You just shared yours. I'll give you mine. Let's separate, though, our feelings and what Wayno is going to think and do because I think they're two very different things. Like, Wainwright is ever the optimist. He's always going to view things as in a positive manner. he should be, though. Yeah, as soon as you have the seed of doubt, you might as well just kind of hang, hang it up at that point. When there's doubt, get out. Exactly. You always said that, it Jamie. It to a lot of things. It certainly does. So let's just separate the two. From So Wayno saying these things, I don't think that he's, he's lying or I don't think that he's no. trying to soften the blow. I think he thinks that way. What I think is similar to what you, what you just said. The excuses are kind of piling up here. What? Yeah. The reasons for him... I think they're excuses, though, overall. What? I got hit in the side of the knee last year. It affected this and that, and the kinetic chain was all out of whack. And we said, okay, it's Wayno. He knows. And then the first start in spring training did not go well at all. And then he burned himself making bacon for the kids or whatever he was doing. Sausage. Which is his first mistake. Let's go a little bit. Let's get bacon. Okay? Oh, he's trying to keep the kids healthy. Probably a little turkey sausage. With sausage? Turkey sausage. Good for you, Anthony. You love sausage. Isn't there turkey? I don't. I hate it, actually. Is there turkey bacon? It's not true. I do. I hate there it. is turkey bacon. Yeah, so you go turkey Anthony, bacon. do you like the patties? I don't like sausage. Or like the wiener sausage. You know, hey. the ones that are shaped like, you know what I'm talking about? You're not listening. I don't like sausage. Okay. I don't. Now we're lying. One... Sausage McMuffin. I would never go sausage McMuffin. Bacon and egg mm-hmm. on a bagel. You know? Mm-hmm. If I'm going to add someplace else, maybe a croissant. But keep your sausage out of my sando. Okay? Pegged you for a sausage guy. That's one. Two, the excuse, they're, they're starting to pile up a little bit for Wayno. The WBC, he was fine. He was a powerful Great Britain lineup. It wasn't. It wasn't. What? He was fine. 
Do I think he can pit, come back, and be productive and somewhat effective? Sure. I think he can. I don't think we're going to get the version of Adam Wainwright that we saw from most of last year and the year prior. But can he be effective? Can he be productive? Sure. But I'm concerned too, Jamie. I'm right there with you. Yeah, and I want Adam Wainwright to get healthy as soon as possible. So a couple of things. One, so he's confident out there on the bump. And that the Cardinals are confident in what they have in the rotation. Because right now, as good as Jake Woodford was at spring training and winning a job with this team, you know, I'm still nervous. Just because I haven't seen it enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. So I'd like to get Adam Wainwright healthy, um, get him back to where he needs to be. And hopefully when we get him healthy, the version we get of Adam Wainwright is what it looked like. Uh, before the final six starts last year for the two years before that. Absolutely. We all hope that, Jamie. Mm-hmm. We all hope that. And I'm sure we'll see it in a month or so. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. So we never got into the, what is the biggest unknown for the Cardinals heading into next year. We got a mic drop from Mike that had kind of an interesting perspective on this. We'll tell you what ours. We'll play some mic drops. Again, the biggest unknown for the Cardinals heading into the year. Next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Evergreen, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber say Peters is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber Showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at HackmanSTL.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. get into the uh, biggest unknown for the Cardinals heading into the year in a second. Eventually. Eventually. With Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marshall and Anthony Salter. People are uh, apparently upset that I said that. I'm disgusted with you. I don't, I don't, I don't like, blame them at all. I'm not a big fan of uh, sausage patties, links, or whatever. People are so upset by it. You know what? I said it and I mean it. And if you're going to tell me, if you have the choice of bacon or a sausage patty, and you're going to choose the sausage patty? That says more about you than me. What's a bacon patty? It's not a patty. It's bacon or sausage patty. patty. Okay. Give me a break. Sausage patty. You're talking about one of the more overrated meats in America right what? now. Why would you say that? Give me a nice steak, bacon, chicken, turkey, if it's done right. Keep going. Long pause, then sausage patty. And I'm not changing my rankings. It's because people are upset. Do you, um, if you had to pick, Anthony, between, apparently it's a sausage link, not a sausage wiener. My bad. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to pick between a sausage link 
or a sausage patty. Like to save my life, yeah. basically. Like the red pill or the blue pill. Link. You know? I'll go Link. Mm. Uh, you know what, Anthony? All that makes sense now. Sure. I'm going patty for sure. The right answer you was- You can put it on a sandwich. If you're really passionate, the right answer is like, I'd rather die. Neither. But mm. you're not. See? You're this not is committed. Why you're, not, you're not committed to it. This is why the text line gets mad at you. They get they mad know. at me. They get mad at me for anything. No, you're full of it. Really? Yeah. Otherwise, you'd say I'd rather die. If you, you had the choice to do that, if you had the choice between bacon and sausage, to do what it. are you doing? What? Bacon or sausage? Oh, bacon all day, every day. But Thank I never you. claimed to be anything else. I'm not the one who sat here on my a- high horse and talked about no sausage. Okay, I'll take a link. Oh, because I had an opinion today. Now you're offended by that. I'm offended. Now you think that I'm getting on my high horse, so I'm, I'm going on the on the soapbox by your lack of commitment to what you actually said. That's all. I don't really care what you say, Anthony. Just believe at least what you say. Get out of here. Next thing you're gonna say is you don't think Adam Wainwright can bounce back from this injury. Well, that's the funny part to me, because that conversation was not actually about sausage, <laughs> but about Adam Wainwright and Jamie and I's concern whether or not Adam Wainwright is going to, oh, you know produced this year mm-hmm. and all anybody cared about was the fact that i said i don't like sausage <laughs> which is what marsh pointed out worried about you because i hit my head again you sure did it's fine right the first segment you know if you missed it download the podcast hey. brought to you by dobbs tire and auto and you can hear anthony ram his head off the desk here and if you're thinking to yourself isn't that the same guy that smashed his face into a side of a pool you'd be correct mm-hmm. yeah but I'm not going to hide from the fact that I- I'm not I'm not going that route with the sausage, okay? All right, Anthony, enough about sausage. For a guy who hates sausage, you sure like talking about it. Mike left us a mic drop about the Cardinals and the biggest unknown heading into the season. Biggest unknown is who's going to catch about 40 games, maybe 50, when Contreras doesn't catch. What song is that? I don't even know what he said. He I just meditating? listened to the music. <laughs> he came out of full meditation to leave us a mic drop. Go back. Let's see that again. Was or he here. in like Aaron Rodgers? Uh... I think I'm on TV. Let's see that again. <laughs> what the hell am I Biggest doing? unknown is who's going to catch about 40 games, maybe 50, when Contreras doesn't catch. Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. What song is that playing We in need the to Shazam that song. Yeah, we do. It almost sounds like he's at like a gym or something. I was thinking the same thing. If that's the music that's playing in your gym, we got to upgrade your gym. <laughs> Marshy, you're our young person on yeah. this show. I have a question for you. Okay. Because I heard a song the other day, mm-hmm. and I broke out the Shazam app. Yeah. I was like, yes, I'm going to Shazam this. My kids were like, oh, my God, you're such a boomer. Nobody Shazams. Like, well, how the hell do you figure out what song it is? That's a lie. I actually Shazammed a song the other day. Yeah, how else are you going to find out? Via Snapchat. Oh. I did. Like, you can use the Snapchat So it's acceptable? Hold it down. It doesn't make me a boomer. How else are you going to find the song? Uh, That's why they made the damn app. My kids who are younger than you called me out and were like, that's so cringe. How are they going to find the song? That's what I said. You got to cut them out. Cut them out of the will right now. Send a message. Okay. I can do that. Cut them off. One, li- at least one's living with you, right? They all are in now, but yes, one full kick time. Out. You're out. Kick her out. Yeah, kick Anthony, them all out. She's 14. Kick them all out if they're gonna make fun of you like that, she Jamie. She did make fun of me too. You know what? You're right. Pack your bags. Yeah, I know you're only in high school, McKinnon, or middle school. Get the hell out of the house. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> You've been evicted. Get a job. <laughs>
I'm only go in school. Sh- go Shazam that, okay? Who's the boomer now? <laughs> Get out. What's your biggest, what do you think is the biggest unknown for the Cardinals heading into the year? I got two of them. To be honest, one's a starting rotation. I don't know what we have there. Steven Matz is coming back uh, off of injury. Jack Flaherty, eh, not sure. Adam Wainwright, not sure. The only two things I'm pretty positive about is Michaelis and Montgomery. Those are the ones that are, like, to me, known commodities right now. The other ones, I don't know. So it's the pitching and then the outfield. You got a lot of outfielders right now, but are they going to produce? You can say Jordan Walker, oh, this, that. fine, great. But to have a productive outfield, it takes more than one guy. And I just, that, to me, last year, we, we, when we got into the season, the outfield was like, man, we got O'Neill, we got Bader, we got Carlson. What an outfield. And then we're like, we're screwed. We've got O'Neill, we've got Peter, we've got Carlson. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Actually, it was it was all right, we have O'Neill, we have Carlson, we have Bader, we're good to go. And then eventually it was we've got Newt. Yepes and Brendan Donovan uh, in the outfield. You're right. So for me, those are the two things that I'm concerned about. My biggest unknown is how the outfield's gonna play out too. And it's not necessarily – you think of unknown and you think, well, it's it's a negative. I, I don't actually think it's a negative. It's just it is, it, is, it, it is what it is. It's an unknown. I don't know how it's going to shake out in the outfield. Not all, not all four guys are going to hit. Not all four guys are going are gonna to do what they did in spring training. Mm-hmm. Somebody is likely to start off offensively slow. So what do you do then if you're Ollie? And if it's Jordan Walker that starts slow, how long is, how, how long is the runway? I'd like Walker. to think you give him an extended runway based on what Ollie said the day he let him know he made the team. Yeah. He's like, you had some adversity, and it's the way you reacted to that adversity is why you're here. Not because you were raking at the start of spring training, although it didn't hurt. So I would like to think, and maybe I'm completely insane about this, is that he's going to let him try and work his way through it, work his way out of it mm-hmm. when it comes to Jordan Walker. I think he's going to be less patient with some of the other guys. O'Neal and Newt. Carlson, too. See, I think Carlson, as of right now, outside looking in. Carlson's not on the opening day roster. Like, he is, but he's not going to be starting. Well, I, I think that's a big unknown, too, then. Walker, left field. Center field is Tyler O'Neal. Right field be Lars Newtbar. Dylan Carlson be on the bench tomorrow. I think so, too. I agree. I'm telling you. I'll put money on it. I don't care what you think. Okay. Oh, did you say you agreed with me? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm just not used to that. Come on, Jamie. Marshy, what do you think? The biggest unknown? No. Uh, do you think that Dylan Carlson is in the opening day lineup tomorrow? No. Yeah, we don't either. It's no. not fun when we all agree. Well, What's your yeah. biggest unknown? I think it's the Adam Wainwright thing. Kind of what Pitching. we talked about yesterday. Really? What's yeah. yours, Anthony? Mine is the out, how, how the outfield shake, right. shakes out. I don't think, I, to me, the pitching staff is not the unknown. The, un, the unknown is whether or not Moe is going to make a deal to bring in a top-end guy. Mm. Or if you want to go a pitcher, the absolute biggest unknown is Jack Flaherty. Hands down. I feel good about what you're going to get out of Miles Michaelis if he stays healthy. I feel good about what you're going to get out of Steven Matz if he stays healthy. I feel good about Jordan Jordan Montgomery overall. You know what he is. The the absolute biggest unknown, if you're just going to single out a certain player, it's Jack Flaherty, and to me it's not even close. What version are you going to get from him? Or 
Maybe it's not if he's first half of 2021 or second half of 2019 or what you got over the last year, year and a half. Maybe it's not that maybe those aren't the three choices. Maybe it's just somewhere in between. And how does that look for you? What does that do for you? So I think Jack Flaherty is the biggest unknown heading into the season because there is just a wide range of possibilities. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to be a disaster. I also don't think he's going to be anywhere close to his best, what we saw of his best. Will he ever get back there? No. I agree. That was, um, man, he set the bar high. Really did. And then he set it high again in, what, 21? We came out 8-1 and one to start the season. Mm-hmm. That's the poison, though, Anthony. I've talked about the poison before with, with star young athletes is you see them do something and you're hooked. Yeah. Then you don't see it again for an extended period of time and you're ready to move on. Ah, he doesn't. And then you see it again mm-hmm. and then you're hooked again. That is GM killer is players like that that show you such a high level of success and then there's massive pockets in between and then they hit it again and you're hooked again and then before you know it you're fired because you've spent too much money and wasted too much time on one particular player it's the great performance on the 18th hole you've you yet you, you mm. didn't you played poorly for most of the day <laughs> I gotta you, get to the, you get to the 18th ah, hole oh, such you a know good it's hole. almost you over it you birdie it, mm-hmm. and you're like, you know, this golf thing, pretty easy. I think I'm pretty good. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna totally come back. back out here next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so true. And but you we, overlooked the fact that you were crap for 17 of those. You shot 117. Didn't exactly. Didn't matter. Didn't you birdied matter. that 18th. Exactly. <laughs> I figured it out. Is what you said to yourself. Uh, going back to the whole Shazam conversation, we got a text from the 703. Ask Siri, you idiots. Hey Siri, what song is this? Didn't think about that. Yeah, but how does Siri know what you're listening to? Did Siri answer you? Yes. Yeah, so here's my issue. What if the song is, like on the TV, do you just go, hey, Siri, what am I listening to? And you put it to the TV? Like, well, Shazam, I know. You open that sucker, you hit the button, and then it goes right to your, your Apple Music, and you can put it on a playlist or whatever. Do that, Siri. She probably can. Probably. Well, if the texter's calling us an idiot, I'm mm-hmm. assuming that Siri does the same thing. Nonetheless, yeah. Jamie, my advice stands for uh, your daughter. Mm. See ya. Get out of the house. Get out of the house. <laughs> it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Has the Blues offense opened up because of the youth? If not, why has the Blues offense suddenly opened up? This next. And don't forget, you got Matt Holiday coming up in 15 minutes here in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I think we're playing better as a team, you know, getting on the four check more, not, not as many turnovers that are going to cost us. So simplifying a little bit, I think, helps and getting around the net. That was Brandon Saad following last night's game as the Blues take on the Canucks, beat them 6-5 in overtime. Got a little, uh, sure did. Got a little scary there. No, Jamie. At what point were you worried? Seriously. Probably when the Canucks tied it uh, with 14 seconds remaining. In the That's game. that you, it took that long. For you to, to be worried? 
Ah, uh, that's a good point. Um, no, when they made it, uh, was it five three at one point? Certainly five four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll go five four. Five four. Split the difference. Yeah. Jamie, why is this offense suddenly opened up? Well, you got, in my opinion, you've got a lot of youth right now with some speed. The Blues are the number one team at creating offense off the rush in the NHL. That's pretty impressive. And this is a team that we talked about. It's the, um, people like to call it the dump and chase team, even though that's not at all what they did. But once they got in the offensive zone, we remember just last year even, David Perron, Ryan O'Reilly cycling the puck down low. Even when you had Booch and Tarasenko on the same line, they get it in down low, cycle it down low, keep possession of the puck. Well, now you're more of a, you know, off-the-rush team, a transition team. And so it's changed. It, you have the ability to create a lot of offense. And all of your pieces are hitting at the same time, which you really haven't had that happen before. You've relied upon a handful of guys. Last year you had a lot of 20-goal scorers. It's fine. Um, but you also had a ton of power play goals last year. Five-on-five. Five, uh, I believe the Blues are maybe number one in the NHL at five-on-five goals. I'd have to pull up these stats again. But it's different. This team is just constructed differently than they have been in the past. And Cairo, speed. Booch has got speed. Thomas, speed. Verona, speed. Kapanen, speed. Like, see where I'm headed here, right? It, it's, a, it's a little bit of a different vibe. Brandon Sod's a really fast skater as well. Braden Shen is a fast skater. He's not going to blow you away with his speed, but he keeps up with all these other guys without any issue. So for me, that's been you know, the biggest reason that you've been able to create offense is – the guys who you have from before the trade deadline have picked it up. And then the guys that you acquired at the deadline have kind of outperformed even what I think Doug Armstrong thought. Who would have had Sammy Blay at eight goals right now as a blue? Besides you, nobody. <laughs> even me, Anthony, I don't know if I would have had him at eight goals. 17 points, another assist last night. He's contributing every night on the offensive side of things. And, you know... He, I thought that Sammy Blay would be a third-line winger, uh, and then when everybody's healthy, probably fourth line. Now I think he's he's locked in top nine. I don't think he gets to be a top six forward on a contending team, but this is a guy that can give you offense. And then the, your reclamation projects in Kapanen and Verana, those guys have been creating offense too. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's been the biggest difference, is that you have guys now that can create off of the rush. And so you're playing to that. And this is why I I get a little irritated when people like to paint Chief with a brush of he just wants the physicality and the get it in and run the opposition. No, he coached the team that he had, and he maximized what those guys could do, which was play a heavy game. Get it in, go to work, cycle the puck, get to the front of the net. Now things, things change, Mox. And uh, this is what's happened here. You have guys now that can create off the rush consistently, and you're also getting more of a net front presence. Even from guys that you know, aren't the usual suspects to be a net front presence, you're getting that from these players. So for me, that's the biggest difference. Have you noticed a line combination that's starting to gel too, or does that matter? And... <laughs> Honestly, I'm not... Do you think it's sustainable? Uh, no, I don't think it's sustainable that all these guys... You... 
Not that but, all of them are going to produce, but I mean th- that these lines can kind of stay intact. Or it's just the line combinations. It's just always something that is it's going to be jumbled depending yeah. on the opponent. So I love Jake Neighbors. I don't think he's a top line left winger. I don't think that's that's not a surprise. Yeah. But Chief wanted to see him, and will continue to try and look at him with those guys because of the the attributes that he does bring to the table. He is a very good, straightforward player. He's physical. We've seen that multiple occasions, and certainly last night we saw it. He's got goal scorer's touch as well. He's got a lot of great qualities. I just don't think he's the guy to be on the top line, at least not yet. But that's not a negative. So what happens is if Jake Neighbors comes off of your top line, means you've got somebody who can take over that spot, means your offense has gotten deeper. Mm-hmm. So when I look at the line combinations, um, they're working right now. And, you know, but I do think that moving forward in the offseason and whatnot, you're going to move some pieces around. You're going to go acquire somebody else that fits into that spot, at least to compete for a top nine spot. And if they perform well, then it's the bump down effect, which is what you want as an organization. If you bring in somebody who can outperform what you currently have and bumps everybody down, that's depth of scoring. Players that get bumped down may not like it, but it doesn't matter. It's about winning. Right. And so that's where I see the line combinations. Right now, they're fine. I'd like to see a little more defensive capabilities out of some of these guys. It's a little bit of a free-for-all at times out there because they are looking to create off the rush. Like this team is looking to turn and burn all the time, which is fine, but you have to create the turnover first. You can't just turn and burn without possession of the puck because then that kind of screws you a little bit. So everybody's kind of learning their role within this group right now. But I do really like the line combinations that Chief has gone with here for the last handful of games. Blues, Blackhawks tomorrow. Pre-game starting at 6.30 right here on 101 ESPN. With Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. Matt Holliday is going to join us next. What does he miss most about Cardinals opening day? We'll talk to him next about it here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. For the fast lane, Cardinals Hall of Famer and fifth member, Matt Holiday. We're hanging with Holiday on 101 ESPN. Powered by Air Alliance Team Heating and Cooling. Getting the job done quickly, correctly, 100% of the time. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN 302. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with former St. Louis Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. You heard the intro. Matt Holiday joining us now. Brand it's new intro. Baseball season. Matt, I don't know if you heard the intro or not. Yeah, did you hear it? I did. I mean, Vegas has nothing on us now. I'm with it this year. Yeah. So, Matt, when, it, when you think back, like career highlights, John Hewlett announcing you when you're coming to the the batter's box at Bush Stadium or our, like, voiceover guy (laughs) announcing you into the fast lane? Similar. Similar. Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. Right there. Tied for first. I can see that. Yeah. 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 Uh, Matt Woods, as as we are now, opening day eve is what Jamie called it. Uh, Opening day eve for you. What's the thing that you miss most about – the Cardinals home opener, like you specifically, the thing that you look back on and you're, you're most fond of. Well, I think the, uh, the celebration of Cardinal baseball and then, and the, the, the buzz 
um, leading up to it. You come from spring training. You're sort of, you know, you're coming back from Florida, and you're and you're you, the excitement that you feel um, in St. Louis and just around town, and, and uh, the anticipation uh, for the start of a new season and the excitement, um, you know, for for all the years that I was there for the excitement of, of a good team and, and, uh, and a chance to, to play in another postseason, And, um, so that, that part of it's great. I mean, I, I think, you know, you, everybody's ready for spring training to be over and for games to count. So from a, a competitive standpoint, you're ready to play in a game that's meaningful. And, uh, it's a, it's an exciting time. It's an exciting day leading up to opening day. Matt, uh, is someone working out behind you there in the gym? No, but I do hear that. Yeah, I thought I was uh, like, if you can't handle the weight, put it back on the rack, sir. <laughs> Just saying. Drop it down a little. Yeah. Uh, no, that was uh, somebody in the kitchen. So I relocated. I relocated. <laughs> um, quick feet, quick so feet. hopefully you won't hear any more pots and pans. I, I it's a better story if I told you that I was at the gym and uh, somebody just uh, dropped a dumbbell on their head. But unfortunately, it was the uh, pots and pans in the kitchen. So, um, you know, you just never know around here. I've got dogs. There's just four kids. There's always noise potential in any, any interview that I We get it. Yeah, yeah, we get it. Well, yeah, Matt, hey, before, before we get into the Cardinals here a little bit, I, I wanted to ask you about Jackson. Uh, spring mm-hmm. training, how did it go for the young man? He did great. Uh, you know, he got to spend uh, a good two to three weeks in, in big league camp and, and performed really well and, and uh, really enjoyed it. I, I think he learned a lot. I think he, uh, he, I think he impressed people with how he handled it. And uh, I think he, uh, I think he, I don't know what his final line was, but I, I he, he got hits. I mean, I think he was five for 14 or uh, somewhere in there. Uh, maybe, maybe like that. Um, but uh, made the most of his chances. I think left a good impression on the big league staff and then has gone down to, to minor league camp to, to get those at bats, to get him ready for the season. And, um, you know, he's excited. Uh, I think they leave on the second, uh, to head North, uh, to, to Maryland, uh, Del Marva low a, where he finished last year, he'll start there and, and, uh, hopefully get off to a good start. And I think, I think they'll move him to high a pretty quickly if he gets off to a good start based on his spring training and, uh, but he's uh, he's he's doing really well, and we got a chance to go down for a week and um, spend some time with him and meet some of his teammates and friends and um, and give him a couple home cooked meals at the at the house we rented and and uh, and see him. So it's it's been a good spring for him. I'm I'm excited for him and, and looking forward to to following along uh, on his journey. Wow, that's awesome! It's great to hear. Um, another young man who's made the most of his opportunity is a is a young man named Jordan Walker. And we talked about this kid a lot, obviously. There's a lot to talk about. I don't know if any of us truly thought he'd make an impact like he did. I thought he would I thought personally he had the chance to break camp with the big league club. But as you watch this young man come in and just take a spot on this roster, what are your thoughts about him? Well, I've been super impressed impressed with with how uh, you know he's handled it. He seems to be a very mature kid. Uh, very even keel. Um, I think the the you know the World Baseball Classic year was was helpful. You know I think the being able to get him as many at bats as he wanted. Um, you know with 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 O'Neill gone and Newt Bar gone that um, that that they were able to to sort of just run him out there as, as you know and see if he could handle it. And uh, he obviously has handled it really really well. And and uh, you see uh, 
uh, to me, when I watch him every swing, like he's dangerous. So if you get a chance to bat this kid, you know, down in the order, obviously you have you have two uh, Hall of Fame, you know, sort of elite caliber players in the middle of your order. So there's not a, not a ton of pressure. You can you can hit him lower in the order, uh, but every time he swings the bat, it it you know he he uh, he looks to me dangerous. And I, I think that having a guy like that uh, stretches your lineup. Uh, I think. Uh, as you look at the opening day lineup, uh, you know the projected opening day lineup. It's it's a it's a championship caliber lineup, and so uh, I'm I'm looking forward to to watching and, and seeing, um, you know these these first few games, what it looks like against front line, you know with the starting pitchers and um, and uh, and how he handles it. But uh, it's it, he's he's you know definitely an exciting player that seems to be a cornerstone type of uh, young player, which is is such a a big boon for an organization when you when you draft and you have a 20 year old uh who's ready to, to step into a, a prominent role on your team uh you know so it's, it's it's fun to watch i think mason wind did really well as well and um you know I, I think they had some young guys really really show some some uh you know a, a good effort in, in a spring training World Series champ, Cardinals Hall of Famer, Matt Holliday. Joining us right now on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. Matt, speaking of not only Jordan Walker, but any young hitter, he goes from double-A now, and he's he's going to skip triple-A, and hopefully he's he's with the big league club moving forward here. We don't have to worry about him ever going back down. What's going to be his biggest challenge, though? What's the biggest challenge of a young hitter stepping in, big league pitching, games count now, What's his biggest challenge? Well, they're gonna they're gonna you know when you, when the season starts they're gonna pitch to you know what they think uh, you know they're gonna pitch to they're gonna be looking for weaknesses they're gonna be trying to to really pitch to those a lot of times in spring training guys are getting work in uh, they're pitching more in patterns on stuff that they're that they're uh, you know the, the pitches they want to work on or certain counts or command of, of certain pitches they're not really pitching to who's hitting. And so once the season starts, you're going to have analysts and you're going to have coaching staffs and you're going to have pitching coaches and you're going to have the starting pitcher and the catcher. They're going to be looking at what he's doing and they're going to be looking for holes and then they're just going to live there. If they find a hole, if he's struggling with the ball in, they're just going to live there. If he's struggling with the slider down and away, um, they're just going to stay there and execute the pitch. And so as a, as a young player like, like him, um, you know, it's a chess match and it's, and it's constantly trying to make sure um, that you're not um, only able to cover one pitch or one side of the plate that you're, uh, you're able to um, sort of make adjustments on the fly. That's, that's the biggest you know, difference I think is, is that the, you know, big league pitchers, if, if you show a spot that you, you're really not very productive in, uh, that's where you're going to see the pitches until you know you're, you're able to make that adjustment. Matt, talking about pitching, uh, our guy Adam Wainwright uh, on the IR right now with uh, I believe a bit of a groin strain. Uh, as you look at, at Waino right now, you know how how hard do you think it'll be for him to get 100 percent healthy at this point? And if he can't get to where he needs to be, you know what's the Cardinals' pivot? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think he'll be fine. I, I talked to him about it. You know, we were, were concerned about his his pitching, and and you know, you know, the, the WBC with his with more of his, his arm, and and sure enough, he he hurts his groin doing split squats in the weight room. So, um, you know, it, I guess 
there's inherent risk in any activity that you do. But you know, it's too bad that that uh, sort of the last couple days before he joined back up with the Cardinals, he has this little hiccup. Um, but I think he'll be fine. I talked to him. I think he's you know he he was optimistic that it won't be out out too long. And um, but I I do think that uh, the good thing is 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 uh, you know you have veterans in there to, to sort of take the torch. And, and I you know I obviously we talk about this all the time, but I, I think. What, what Jack Flaherty we get and, and what kind of Jack Flaherty, um, you know, which version we're going to get here um, is going to be huge. But I do think that, uh, that you know, having, you know, Walker in, in the outfield and, and it makes makes a couple guys expendable that, that, you know, you could think about if you needed to make a trade, that, that you have some guys and some depth that in the position player's side uh, that might allow you to go out and get an innings eater or a guy that that uh, you know that that can help fill uh, a rotation spot if you're not comfortable uh, with with the younger guys or um, so I don't I don't know I think Adam you I think you know the first month you get a lot of off days and so you you got a chance to to skip a, a fifth spot a couple different times if, if I'm not mistaken um, so it'll be interesting to see how they handle that but. I don't anticipate Wayno being out more than about a month would be my guess. And, and uh, so if you get through that first month, uh, kind of mixing and matching, uh, I think you'll get Adam back. And, and uh, um, like I said, I think to me, Jack Flaherty is, is the key. If, if he can pitch like an ace, it, it allows, um, you know, Montgomery and, and Mats and uh, Michaelis to kind of slot into, into a really good positions in that rotation. So, um, it'll be interesting to see. I think they'll be fine, Jamie. I think Wayne will be back pretty quick. Matt, I think the rotation in the regular season is going to be fine too. You, you really know what you what you have in a lot of the these guys. When it comes to the postseason and, and hopefully to get out of the first round, the deeper you go into the postseason, I feel like you're going to need the top end pitching to kind of match up with what the National League has. You had just mentioned, you know, maybe they dip into the depth at some point and and make it and make a trade. Do you feel as though one of the things that that might shorten the gap between where the Cardinals are now as a as a playoff contender and as a World Series contender do you think that they're going to have to get, go out there and make a trade to get a top end arm provided one's available yeah I mean I think if you're going to if you run into the Mets or you run into some of these teams that are throwing Verlander and, and Scherzer at you um, but again like we talked about and I hate to keep bringing it up but you know the version of Jack Flaherty uh, that you get, and and leading up to the trade deadline, or, or you know what you how you feel about how he's throwing the ball, you know should, will probably affect on on what kind of pitcher you're looking to acquire. Uh, it always depends on who's available. You know it always you always weigh the risk and 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 uh, the risk of trading a Mason Wynn or a risk of trading, you know some of your top prospects potentially uh, for a starter that you feel like is a is a one or a two. Um, it has to be guys that are available that you feel are substantially better than what you have. And so that's always the balance. The tricky part of it is, is uh, when you talk about trading assets uh, like young players um, that you have control over that are cost efficient, um, that could potentially be superstars, um, that's, that's the risk. And so um, if, if you can trade for, you know, I, I wish I could think of some good names that on, on, on so-so teams that it could be available at that point. But, um, I, yeah, I just think that there's so much, uh, to think about when you talk about Jack Flaherty and, and, uh, maybe Jordan Montgomery, how he's throwing, is he throwing like a frontline starter? Is he throwing like a, could you match him up, uh, in, in the second or third game? How's, uh, Matt's coming along. Um, so, 
you know, Michaelis is, you know, is, is got at times been pitched, you know, to a, to a, a you know, a, a, a low ERA kind of guy. So uh, I, I think we'll know a lot. We'll have a lot more information, obviously, as the trade deadline is, is closer. Uh, but that always is, you know, Anthony, is, is the tricky part. When you look at your rotation, you try to start thinking about who in the National League you, you might play in a right. in an NLCS. How, how do we match up? And so uh, they'll use the first, you know, three months to make that, you know, an- analysis and, and then see where you, see what you do. Matt, Lars Newbar is an international sensation now. He had people grinding pepper all over the place. <laughs> Based on that, uh, how do you think Shohei Otani is going to look in a Cardinals uniform? Because he obviously <laughs> wants to be with Lars. Well, I think if that's a possibility, and it's not my money, so let's spend it. Yeah, <laughs> spend it all. I, uh, I, man, what a talent! I, I just, golly, when you talk about acquiring two players in one, I mean, you're acquiring an ace type pitcher in a three hole, like in, in the same player, and I don't, I can't even. I mean, I guess I don't even know where the number starts or, or how, you, you know, how you even look at the player for what he's worth. And then you combine that with sort of all the money you make off of, of his, you know, Japanese uh, following and, and all the merchandise you sell, all the, um, I, I guess, what you can do with that. I'm not a businessman as far as that goes. I don't know how, how much that is worth, but it sure seems like the notoriety and the popularity that you get with, with signing a guy like Shohei is valuable. So, um, I yeah, if, if Mr. Witt calls and asks me my opinion, I would say yes. <laughs> you have the Matt Holiday stamp of approval. Yes, absolutely. Like it. Uh, Matt, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. Enjoy all of the opening day festivities. Are you going down to ballpark for, or are you going down to Bush Stadium tomorrow? I will. I'll be there. I'll be imagine. there. So yeah. So I'm excited to to get to put my red jacket back on and put it on, take it off, give it back to them. So uh, any chance they they uh, they give me to put that thing on, I'll I'll probably be trying to put it on. Absolutely. So, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, Matt, we'll be at the Budweiser Brew House if you want to swing by and buy us lunch. I would love to. If you were going to be at Wendy's, I for sure would. Uh, Budweiser Brewhouse, a little out of my price range for you, Jamie. I'm going to door dash uh, you that frosty one day. I will. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Matt, enjoy it, man. We'll talk to you again next week. Okay, guys. Good talking to you guys. You too. Thanks. See ya. ya. That's Cardinals Hall of Famer Matt Holiday. He's going to be there tomorrow. All the festivities. It really is. Yeah. They do, really I mean, is. they do it. This this is really, I'm sure, changing it, but they do it so well. And the fans are just incredible. It is a college football atmosphere for the home opener every year. How many? The buzz uh, is incredible. How many paid days off do you think get used tomorrow <laughs> around St. Louis and area? <laughs> well, um, not a lot. Sick days for sure. Yeah, sick days. There's a lot of sick days. There's no way. You can't pull up a sick day. Don't you actually feel kind of weird calling in that day? Oh, <coughs> got a little bit of a cold today. Really? Got the black lung. Got the black lung. Really? The, the really? bird flu? Yeah, the bird flu is exactly My right. My goodness. The boss is probably like, yeah, me too. No problem. See you down there. <laughs> if Been I was fun. a business owner, if I it was a business that you know people didn't like depend on, mm-hmm. I'd be like, come in in the morning, get anything you can done by 11 a.m., and then the rest yeah, of the day is yours. Then I'll see you down Some there. companies are just 
down there already. They know. They have little tents set up, yeah. like networking, because they know everyone's going to be down there. Right. Stop by the booth. Work a little bit. Yeah. What's trending is next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, the pitch clock, which has been implemented this year to Major League Baseball, it shaved 26 minutes off of MLB spring training games. Last season, the average MLB regular season game was three hours and three minutes. I wanted to ask you guys, at what point during the regular season, do you think people will sort of get over it if they don't like it or they'll just get used to it uh, for the fans that, that don't mind it? I think that people already are fine with it. I think that watching spring training games, if you if you were pushing against it before, just seeing the, the tempo at which the games, the flow at which the games are being played at, I think, I think you realize how it, it really doesn't impact the game the way that you thought it was gonna, going to. Do you it, think it really doesn't. What does it take away? Let me ask you that. Uh, Let's just start there. It takes away the boring crap. Okay, yeah. That's... The batter readjusting his gloves mm. 27 times. Or the like helmet touched. in the elbow or the, the shoulder. The tap. And then the pitcher rosin bag. And then shaking off the pitch. Throwing at the first base 27 times. All the things I really didn't like to watch. Well, there you go. Yeah, what what positive thing is it taking away? I should have, I should have phrased it that way. The amount of time you have to consume man sodas. Why? Just yeah, have it right next to you. You just got to drink a little faster. Yeah, And order responsibly, more. of course. Mm. Order more. So nothing then. Nothing, but nothing positive. pay the guy. Stand right there. Don't yeah. Move. Right, don't move. Don't you're, worry. You're my guy. I'll sell your bucks. Two and a half hours. Sit right. Yeah. yeah. So nothing positively. <clears throat> No, I don't think it's a big deal at all. I don't either. I what think do, people are already on board. What about the people that didn't really get a chance to watch spring training games? Well, and they were them. used to watching the WBC games, which, of course, you think it's going to take a week? Yeah. I think they're going to love it right away. I give it a month. What? A month? Where people just stop what? talking about it. Where it's like, okay, this is a part of the game now. We just stop talking about it. Oh, completely stop talking about yeah. it. Yeah. I think less than a month. Or do you think oh, it's- I think pass through the weekend, people are done with it. Or do you think it becomes and main? Do you think it stays what? a topic of conversation? Let's say if a game ends on, you know, I think that's the only. That but I think that's a topic or, of conversation. I think, no I think matter that's the what. only yeah. way. Yeah, the only way it remains f- forefront of any sort of conversation involving the new the new rule change. But any rule it doesn't even have to be new. Any rule that gets applied to change the outcome of a game or to like right. to People end are a all game. over it. People talk be, about yes. it anyway. Absolutely. Uh, We'll get into this, but Lamar Jackson just continues to hit up the old Twitter. Yeah. Or whatever you call it, Anthony. Tweet machine. The tweet machine. That's right. He's his own worst enemy right now. The tweet machine, the Instacart, which is actually Mm -hmm. its own app, even though you think it's Snapface. Snapface. What is there? Creepbook. Uh, Creepbook. (laughs) That's actually pretty accurate. Uh, I don't know what you have for TikTok, but. uh, I just called talk. Talk. What? 
talk. Yeah. Rick Tockett. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, he tweeted out, let's get real. I'd rather have 100% PCL than go out there and play horrible, forcing myself to put my guys in a bad situation. Now, that's selfish to me. Tweeted that last night. What do you think about Lamar just continuing to tweet? <laughs> Just stop, Lamar. Just put the phone down, the iPad, the laptop, whatever it is you're using to tweet. Just stop. Just stop. If I'm Lamar Jackson, quite honestly, and I know he doesn't have representatives, but again, Lamar, I'm available. I'll take half of what a normal agent would take. I would be out working out and showing video of me running and doing all sorts of things that show that I'm 100% healthy and that I'm still working out and I'm getting ready for the season. I'm being productive and not sitting there worrying about tweeting. Mm-hmm. Don't you agree? If I'm if I'm going to put anything on social media, I'd rather be something that shows that I'm very serious, I'm ready to go, and that I'm healthy. I think two things are going on here. One... When you when you don't have representation, you also are. It's up to you to control the narrative. So, what did he do earlier this week? He said he requested a trade from the Ravens on March second. Mm-hmm. So he's controlling the narrative that way. Hey, I was the one that asked for a trade, and then this where he's protecting him. You know, he's defending himself when it comes to not playing last year in the playoffs, looking out for the long term future of himself, or you know, is even his teammates last year in the playoffs. He's controlling the narrative. So I think that's one. Two, to your point, Jamie, I think he's frustrated. I think he is. This is now spilling out in the public. Everything's been pretty quiet to the point where we've we've all guessed at what he's asking for, what the Ravens are doing, what the conversations and the negotiations have been like. He has been pretty silent on it. I think he's getting frustrated. And I don't care who you are. As a human being, when somebody is being critical of you, or they're talking about you and you can you can hear it that's going to frustrate you you can have the you can have the thickest skin in the world but even then you're you're you, you have that it's it's human nature to want to defend yourself when you're hearing stuff that is either said about you or you feel as though it's inaccurate or it's just flat out inaccurate so he's frustrated i don't blame him but i think that's what we're seeing now it's spilling over into spo- social media which also tells me, Jamie, that he's not hearing what he wants, he's mm-hmm. not getting what he wants, and we're nowhere closer to Lamar Jackson having a res- uh, there, there being a resolution with where Lamar Jackson's going to be playing next year and for how much. You know, I heard Anthony absolutely belittle a texter. And Mo Flo was not happy with that. So he decided to chime in. All right, that's what's trending in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Four downs, NFL four downs next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. A quick NFL four downs for you in the fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh. First down. All right, guys, we were just talking about Lamar Jackson tweeting, whatnot. By him tweeting out information, is that hurting him moving forward? Not so much just tweeting out his emotions and whatnot, but such as the trade uh, request March 2nd. Does that aspect hurt him? I don't think the information that he's tweeting out really makes a difference. I think the fact that he looks like he's in panic mode 
makes a difference. If I'm an NFL executive and I'm watching this thing play out, I'm like, well, we almost got him where we want him. Let's give him another week. He'll freak out. Then he'll accept our contract. Or if I'm the Ravens, I'll be like, he'll be coming back. Yep. He's cracking. This is why this is why you have representation. I, I'm kind of in line with Jamie on this one. I don't think I don't think what he's tweeting out makes a damn damn bit of difference. I don't. I don't unless it's like a, a really bad out of character comment or something like that. I don't think any of this matters. Not one bit. The only thing that matters is what his price tag is. That's what matters. What are you asking for? And this is the thing I've been trying to get get across to everybody. In my opinion, this is the this is the only thing that matters. People are talking about why aren't the Patriots interested? He's better than Mac Jones. He is. Why aren't the Colts interested? He's better than the crap they have on their roster. Why are the Falcons interested? He's better than De- Desmond Ritter. You're missing the point. It's about what the price is. Just like you, if you if you're a consumer, you go online, you're looking at things, you want to buy something. What's the first thing you look at? It's the price. If Lamar Jackson is asking for what Deshaun Watson is getting in guaranteed money plus, or he's asking for, even if he's not wanting a fully guaranteed contract, is he still asking for way more than what the the last guy got? It doesn't matter what he tweets. It's the only thing that matters. So until he comes down on the price tag, you're not going to create a bidding war. The agent would have done this. An agent would have said, okay, Lamar, here's the thing. We're going to set it at this number. We're going to get all these teams asking for you. We're going to create that market. We're going to bump up the the price tag as much as we can. Then we're going to make a deal. But you don't. He doesn't have an agent. So, no, I don't think it matters what he's tweeting right now. Second down. How anxious would you guys be if you're the Jets' front office? Anxious for what? Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. At this point, I'd be frustrated. Because apparently, according to a lot of sources, the Packers are being absolutely out of their minds in their demands what they want for Aaron Rodgers. And so if I'm the Jets, um, I've already made a whole bunch of moves that we think they made on purpose to get Aaron Rodgers, and they picked up another draft pick and whatnot. I mean, anxious is a form of stress and anxiety, so I guess it all falls into the same bucket. But again, I, I just don't know if I'm the Jets, if I'm d- risking all of this stuff for Aaron Rodgers. I just don't know if I'm doing it. The, for the simple fact of what the hell has happened in the last two seasons with Aaron Rodgers on in season and out of season. And then the fact that he, at any point he could just pull the plug because he's hint, hinted at retirement a number of times. I wouldn't be selling the farm for a one-year guy who quite honestly my team's not ready to be a super bowl contender they're not i don't care what the experts say they're not jamie i think i think you just absolutely nailed it if i'm the jets we just had this same conversation about lamar jackson what's the price what's the price for aaron Rodgers? it's not just what he's currently making what's the price to get him from green bay i don't own his rights green bay does so it's not just about paying whatever the salary cap ramifications are. It's about paying the freight to get him from Green Bay. Then what? He plays for a year, maybe? Or are I going to do the song and dance again with him next year? You set the price, too, if you're the Jets. I know you're a desperate f- franchise, but your fan base is going to be unhappy no matter what. They're the it's Jets fans, unfortunately. They, they have been they're for used over to a it. decade. I'm not exactly. Decade, decades. <laughs> Plural. I'm not worried about losing... Losing the press conference if I'm the Jets. I'm worried about falling in love with a player 
thinking that I'm one player away. And I always say this, you're never one player away. I don't care if it's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, by the way, would seem checked out last year. Well, you think he gets to New York, he's just going to be fine with it? He's good? I don't want to take that risk. Not for two first-rounders. You're talking about a second-rounder. You're talking about a third-rounder. You're talking about a third-rounder that could be a second-rounder. Okay. Everybody's got a price. Two first-rounders? Go chase yourself. Go ahead. Deal with the deal, deal with the cap ramifications. You turn around and tell your fan base that Aaron Rodgers is on the roster, but we're playing Jordan Love. Go for it. Meanwhile, I got Zach uh, Wilson here. Yeah, you do. He's going to turn around and hand the ball off to Brees Hall 35 times a game. <laughs> Third down. Besides Aaron Rodgers, which game changer is most likely to be dealt this offseason? Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Lamar Jackson. How about DeAndre Hopkins? DeAndre mm. Hopkins, unlikely to, yeah. if, you if you believe the rumors, unlikely to be an Arizona Cardinal for much longer. I don't blame him at all. Here's my question, Get me though. off the Titanic. My goodness. Yeah, if I'm yeah, if you're De DeAndre Hopkins, I got Kyler Murray as my quarterback. Not even. He's no not, thanks. He's not even healthy. No thanks. If what is the market though for DeAndre Hopkins? I don't know. Because nobody's made a move. Other wide receiver needy teams have. What does he make for a salary? Is that? It's probably pretty hefty. I don't have the exact number in front of me, yeah. but he's making he's making number one wide receiver money. But and is he still a number one right wide receiver? Yes, he is. Mm -hmm. But reportedly, Jamie, to, you're you're walking down the, the the right path here. Reportedly, he he wants a contract extension. So it's mm -hmm. not about it's it's kind of similar to Aaron Rodgers. It's not just hey, we have to pay the the freight to get him from Arizona. We also have to negotiate a contract with him. Mm -hmm. And this would be a second negotiation, I believe, in the last I don't know three years. Well, and l look at uh, what he went for the first time. It wasn't a lot. No. So I wonder if. But I, and I wonder how much of that was Bill O'Brien just well, unfortunately being out of his depth mm -hmm. as, a, as a head coach last GM. But to your point, Marsh, mm -hmm. you're right. It's not like he went for three first rounders. For sure. Fourth down. Not that that would be the price tag anyways. Our last one here. Not the NFL. The XFL. Do the Battlehawks need to be competitive this week against Houston to prove that they compete or can compete for an XFL title? Yeah. I mean, Houston, for the first four weeks or so, I, th I thought they were even better than D.C. The wheels have fallen off the, of, of Houston in the last two weeks. But when you look at points allowed, points per game, point differential, Houston was dominating for, again, the first month of the year. I think this is more about the Battlehawks, though. They have played well against everybody not named D.C. And the reason for that is because D.C. can run the ball and the Battlehawks run fits were a disaster the two what? times that they played them. Disaster. Were you watching the same game as me? Absolutely, Jamie. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> can you get a lead on most opponents, and can you take that, that team out of their, their running game? If you can, I think the Battlehawks can play with anybody. Unfortunately, DC took it to you in two games. And I know the, the scores started to be a little close, but, I mean, if it's a running team, they're controlling you. So if you can't stop the run... And you're always chasing the, the the action here. It's not going to be good. So I think this is not just about Houston. It's about everything else. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. What is the what is the thing that Ali is going to have the biggest challenge for in his second year as a manager? So what's it? What's his biggest challenge? Second year as a manager. That's next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Anthony, you hit your head. Absolutely, I did. <laughs> nice job, Marshy. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Do you know what that was? That was the we will, but yeah, we but, the, will. but in a baseball. Yeah, but the beat was you hitting your head. No, come on, let's do it again. I swear, let's do it again. I swear. Are you serious? Yes. Marshy, let's hear you it again. You did all that with the yeah. I went you back. match. You matched it to to Queens. Yes. We will rock you. Yeah, but it's you hitting your Can head. Can you play on... that again? Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> The, fir- the first part is me hitting my head? Yeah, the bang, Anthony. Yeah. Well, but there's two. Okay, Jamie. No, the clap is you hitting your head. Jeez. Really? What I hit my sc- head and I got to deal with you. Well, I got to deal with you wondering what the bang bang sound is. That's your head off the damn desk in here. I asked what part of the bang. What What's your deal? What's your deal today? You know, you come in here with a bad attitude. Marsh and I are trying to get psyched up for opening day. Did you just hear the bang? I came in here, and that's what I had to deal with the first segment. I injured injure myself, the and then I got to worry about your attitude on top of it. For Sammy Blay, uh, he stays hot. Did you hear that? There it was. <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible. There it was. <laughs> Explains a lot today. Today or ever. Oh. Yeah. Concussions. <laughs> They're serious. Someone texted in, sick new Marshy Marsh beat drop. It was. <laughs> it was absolutely sick. Well done with that. Yep. Right, uh, so where are we? Who are you? Oh boy, here we go. Ollie's biggest challenge in his second year. Like last year, last year you you have Albert Pujols coming back in his his farewell tour. You've got Yadier Molina in his swan song as well. You don't know if Adam Wainwright is going to uh, pitch one more season after last season, and that was your first year. You're dealing with three legacy players in potentially their last year. And as we know now, Adam Wainwright, it, you know, it came back for another year. Mm-hmm. What do you think his number one biggest challenge is in his second year? Uh, well, a couple of things. One is, well, the Adam Wainwright situation. I think that's kind of like ever continuing. It's ever, ongoing. Ever, ever evolving? Yeah, sure. That one. Either way, that's going to be something where if Wayno comes back and he, for some reason, maybe he doesn't pitch as well as he would like to, and then Ollie's got to tell Wayno, hey, we're putting you in the bullpen or we're taking you out of the rotation. Like That can't be much fun. Hmm. I wouldn't want that job. Uh, also, I think the difficult situation is going to be managing the outfield. You know, you said if you hit, you play. Well, they're all playing. They're all hitting pretty good right now. But then, also, how long is the runway for Jordan Walker mm-hmm. if, for some reason, he does stumble? So I think there's some little things. Jack Flaherty comes to mind too. Yeah. So those are some of the things I'm thinking. Of. I think I think uh, the biggest challenge that Ali has, and it's a good challenge. It's a good problem to have. But how do you balance playing your best lineup with also making sure that? you're giving enough runway for a young player like Jordan Walker, or you're still giving enough ABs to a player in Dylan Carlson with, despite the fact that, you know, a lot of people are like, well, Dylan Carlson, that's it. He can't play. We already know that <laughs> he's 23. Yeah. We're not even close to, to having that, that same thought. 
anybody that has said Dylan Dylan Carlson will never be a full time player or, a, or an all star or whatever, you might inevitably be right. But to, you've got limited information to go on as of right now. You just do. But trying to get enough ABs to keep Dylan Carlson going, or how do you weigh the spring training performance out of all these guys? And how much again runway that you that you give them in the in the you know regular season when they're struggling? I think that is the biggest challenge for Ollie. It's a great problem to have. You got depth, but how do you make sure that that these guys have playing time? It's not like I would assume Jamie in hockey or in football or in basketball, trying to hit consistently at a major league level. And doing so with few at-bats, I mean, one of the hardest things in sports, in my opinion, is to pinch hit and to do it well. Because you're just not seeing everyday reps. You can't, as much as you can go into a batting cage and stay, stay, you know, fresh and focused, it's not the same thing as stepping into a batter's box with some with some nasty sidearm ass reliever that is throwing 98 with sink and can also change it up on you by dropping a you know 76 mile per hour uh, change up on you. It's just it's different. Yeah. So I think that's that is going to be Ollie's biggest challenge. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, just hitting alone, period. Dot in baseball, it's such a unique animal because in hockey, football, basketball, uh, soccer, you can do other things that help the team. If you're not scoring in hockey, you can go block shots, you finish your hits, you know, make plays. Football, you can block, you can do whatever it is, make tackles, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not scoring touchdowns. And yeah, soccer, good special you, teams contributor. You get what sure. I'm saying. I do. And um, But in baseball, if you're not hitting, you're just not hitting. Mm-hmm. You, you, you could basically get out of sync very quickly. That's it. I would imagine. It's an individual... Um, success or failure within a team sport no doubt that's jamie rivers i'm anthony stalter we have a returning gauntlet contestant next in the fast lane did you just bang your head we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn can you survive the gauntlet Time for the gauntlet here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. Speaking of Marshy, he went down yesterday. Josh got him in random gauntlet trivia. And now uh, Josh returns for the second round of the gauntlet. We'll take on either Jamie or myself. What's up, Josh? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? Happy, op- happy opening day eve. Yep, I'm ready. Right, good man. Well, he seems dialed in. Yeah, he's Anthony. dialed in. Yeah, I don't he know He doesn't want this. any of your fluff no, talk. He he's doesn't. like just he's like. Put a sausage in it, Anthony. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what he's saying. That's what he said. Put it right in there. Yep. All right, Josh, would you like to take on Jamie Rivers or myself today? I'll do Jamie. Okay, he's going to do you, Jamie. Ah, well, thank you. All right, Josh, good luck. Thank you. All right, as Jamie makes his way to the cone of silence, Josh, go ahead. Tell Marsh to spin that wheel. Spin the wheel. All right, now yesterday you said you, you wanted random or football. Do you still want random and random or football? Uh, yeah. You, I'll, I'll do football against Jamie. You are not going to get your wish. It is baseball today. Okay. Baseball is the gauntlet 
category. So we're getting our baseball trivia right now. Just a reminder, four same questions are going to be given to Josh and Jamie. Every question is worth two points unless they need the options, and therefore the question is only worth one point. Josh, you ready? I am. All right, here we go. Question one. The Astros scored 24 runs on the Cardinals over this past weekend. Thanks, Flaherty! Which team scored the most runs against the Cardinals in a single game last season with 16? So which team racked up 16 runs against the Cardinals last year? Uh, uh, I'll take the options. Giants, Rockies, Padres. Um, I- the other two teams are horrible. Uh, I'll do the Padres. Final answer. Question number two. Adam Wainwright and Miles Michaelis both led the Cardinals pitching staff with 32 starts last season. Who had the third most with 26? Clarity, uh, no. Max, no. Um... Give me the options. Your options are Andre Pallante, Jose Quintana, or Dakota Hudson? Uh, I'll do Dakota Hudson, final answer. Question three, Josh. Which former Cardinal has appeared on the most opening day starting lineups in his career for St. Louis starting the season in the lineup 18 times? So which Cardinal started 18 times on opening day? Hmm. Uh, I will take, I will take Stan Musial. Final answer. Final question. The Cardinals have won on three straight opening days. Which team was the last to beat St. Louis on opening day in 2019? 2019. Uh, give me the option. Options are the Milwaukee Brewers the Pittsburgh Pirates, or the Cincinnati Reds? Mm. Um, bad. Let's go. Can you, give, can you, you said the Reds, the Pirates, or the Brewers? Yep. Let's go Brewers. Final answer. All right. Let's bring back Jamie right now from the Cone of Silence. Josh, how are you feeling? Like, not like yesterday. I'm hoping for two. Okay. Well, two won it for you yesterday. What are you trying to say, Anthony? That I had a really <laughs> bad day? Because I did. Well, what did I just walk in on? I literally just said two did it for Josh yesterday. It's what you said and what I heard. That's Guys, fair. guys, guys. What did I just walk in on here? Do we need counseling? Always. <laughs> Anthony, you're not quite right today. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the fact that you drilled your head off the desk at 50 miles an hour. <laughs> you like it, though. Do I ever? <laughs> All right, Jamie, are you ready? Yes! Marsh, tell them. Maybe. Pack a lunch. Oh, boy. Jamie, your category today is baseball. All right, baseball guy. Here we go. Here we go, baseball guy. Question yep. one. The Astros scored 24 runs on the Cardinals over this past weekend. Which team scored the most runs against the Cardinals in a single game last season with 16? Options, please. Giants, Rockies, Padres. Hmm. Wow. 16. 
I thought for sure once I heard the teams, it would like jump out at me. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't, Anthony. Um, Giants, Rockies, or Padres. Why do I feel like, like I'm drawn to saying the Giants, even though I feel like the Padres is kind of an obvious answer, but I feel like it's the Giants, and then it's probably going to be the Rockies. Oh, well, whatever. Giants. Final answer. Question number two. Adam Wainwright and Miles Michaelis both lead the or both led the Cardinals pitching staff with 32 starts last season. Who had the third most starts with 26? Okay. Um, so, is it a trick question? Like, is Montgomery like? How are we classifying that? Like, starts overall throughout the season, or as a Cardinal? Adam Wainwright and Miles Michaelis both led the Cardinals pitching staff with 32 starts last season. Who had the third most starts with 26? Well. For the Cardinals. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just trying to. As a Cardinal or just. But you understand my question. No, I understand. I understand his question. I understand what you're saying. Do you want me to read it for the third time? No, uh, Andrew, I don't need your patronizing with your damn question, okay? (laughs) Because only I can do that. All right, well, so let me think here real quick. Oh, Flaherty, not Matt's. Uh, Hudson Palante. I mean, I'm going to go with Jordan Montgomery. And hopefully it's the question is asked the way I think it is. Final answer. It does say Cardinals pitching staff. With yeah, but he stars. ended the season as a Cardinal. So are we taking all his starts with the Yankees and adding that in there or not? Like, that's my question to the gauntlet. I would say... Uh, mm. I just saw Grant walk down the hallway. He might still be Yeah, but here. here's here's the dilemma. We answer that question, which is a very fair question. It's a fair question. The text line I also, might so not I be feel happy. Like- I also want to give Josh an opportunity. That Well, that's what we're going to do. It. It's, it, is, it is the Cardinals staff, not combined. Okay. Well, that changes my train of thought then. Can I get the... No, I don't need the options. What the hell's wrong with you? Uh, Dakota Hudson, Palante. I'm trying to think if I'm missing somebody here. Um, starts. Palante didn't get there. Son of a... I go with Dakota Hudson. Final answer. Okay. Or no, Adam Wainwright. No, he was... Never mind. Go ahead. I feel like that question's completely botched, so whatever. Final answer. Hudson, final answer? Yeah. Which former Cardinal has appeared on the most opening day starting lineups in his career for St. Louis starting the season in the lineup 18 times? Which former Cardinal? Yep, which former Cardinal. So he appeared in 18 opening day starting lineups. Uh, Options. Yachty, Stan the Man, or Lou Brock. Yachty, Stan the Man, or Lou Brock. Boy, those are good. Those are really good options. I 
I'll go with Yachty or Molina. Final answer. Last question. The Cardinals have won on three straight opening days. Which team was the last to beat St. Louis on opening day in 2019? Options. Milwaukee Brewers, Pittsburgh Pirates, Cincinnati Reds. Cincinnati Reds, final answer. All right, let's go over these. Josh, you there? Yep, I'm here. Josh, when we asked you the Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis question, both lead the Cardinals pitching staff with 32 starts last season. Who had the third most starts with 26? Yeah. We, we know what your answer is. If we had said, we're not looking for combined starts, we're looking for, you know, like Jordan Montgomery, for example, we're not looking for his Yankee starts as well. Would that have changed your answer? No, because I got I got the I got the option, so would I wouldn't you, have went with. Would you have taken the options? Uh, so so if you knew that, I I don't know. I probably would have. I probably would have. Okay. All right, let's go over these. The Astros scored 24 runs on the Cardinals over this past weekend. Which team scored the most runs against the Cardinals in a single game last season with 16? Josh, you got the options. You said Padres. Jamie, you got the options. You went Giants. Correct answer is? Well, everyone remembers Miles Michaelis and the soft contact against the Colorado Rockies. The Rockies. You even said, Jamie, it's probably going to be the Rockies. And it was. It was the Rockies. Scored 16 runs. Uh, 0-0. Which former Cardinal has appeared on the most opening day starting lineups in his career for St. Louis, starting the season in the lineup 18 times? Jamie, you took the options. You went with Yadier Molina. Josh, you did not take the options. You went stand the man. Oh, boy. Correct answer is... It was Yachty, so Jamie's got a 1-0 lead over Josh. The Cardinals have won three straight opening days. Opening days. Which team was the last to beat St. Louis on opening day in 2019? Jamie, you took the options. You went with the Cincinnati Reds. Josh, you took the options. You went with the Milwaukee Brewers. Correct answer is? It's the Milwaukee Brewers. 1-1 one, one tie. Oh, great. And of course, it comes, it comes down, down to this. to this damn question. 1-1 one, one tie. Comes down to this. Adam Wainwright and Miles Michaelis both led the Cardinals pitching staff with 32 starts last season, who had the third most starts with 26. Josh, you went with Dakota Hudson. Jamie, you went with Dakota Hudson. Correct answer is? It's Dakota Hudson. Jamie didn't need the options. Josh. You have chosen poorly. You lose. <laughs> it did come down to that, Josh. And so I wanted to ask you, you were honest about it. You said you probably would have taken the options anyways. Uh, so he, he did get you three to two. Do, do, we, do we alter this a little bit? And do we invite Josh back tomorrow to play me again? Well, I would I would say this: if we're going to do this, yeah, we 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 make a fast lane decision. We go with it. We go with the tiebreaker. We we give you Jamie one point on that, you know, okay. and say we'll go for the tiebreaker. Sure. You if you win the tiebreaker, that's it. I'll never win the tiebreaker, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> and Josh, uh, if you win, then you'll be back tomorrow for a chance for it. Uh, got it. Uh, gauntlet history okay all right sounds good yep do the tiebreaker sure let's yes. do the tiebreaker let's go. okay here we go i'm all about our listeners anthony jamie's got your your you got your pen and paper ready yep all right josh you're gonna hold off on your answer until we go to you but once we go to you <laughs> you're gonna give us your answer sound good okay 
Closest to the pin. Closest to the pin wins. Here's your tiebreaker question. <laughs> the Toronto Blue Jays led the MLB last season with how many total hits on the season? Oh my how many God. total hits for the Toronto Blue Jays? Jamie's thinking about his total answer. Total hits? Yep, total hits. 162 games. Josh is thinking about his, but he's going to hold off. 1,100. And Jamie blurted out 1,100. Oh. Josh, what's your guess? Oh, well. 11, 1,101. Oh. <laughs> what a jerk. What a jerk. Now I feel bad for giving you a second chance, Josh. Josh. You have chosen wisely. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> answer was 1464. Blue Jays led the MLB last season with how many total hits? Jamie blurted out 1100. Yep. Josh did the smart thing, just went one over. Yep. And Josh won because of it. <laughs> so Josh. <laughs> this is what the nice guy gets. <laughs> nice guys finish last. My dad always told me that. That's we, all right. It's we, better this way. We gave Josh a chance. Josh says, I'll take that chance. It's better this way. Nice I don't want to job, deal with Josh. the text line. Yeah, I hear you. What's wrong uh, with the text line? No, then they just torture us because I asked a legit Jamie question. You did. Jamie, you were a pure victim in this. Uh, Josh, congratulations, man. You'll be back tomorrow. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Jamie. Oh, hey, you're welcome, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya. All right, there you go. Jamie, you did get. I mean, you you, get, I was you did. You got screwed. You got. I was trying to hurry up. Eleven <laughs> hundred. I mean, my question about that question was legit. It was because how many was. starts did Monty have total? He only had eleven with the Cardinals. Um, yeah, but you, I imagine he would have had more than the twenty-seven that Dakota Hudson had. So, so that's why I was asking. It is like it I, was as a Cardinal, or I'm with you. Yeah, I didn't feel like that was unfair. No, it was. It totally wasn't. We got a, a text from the six one eight. I just about wrecked my car laughing. Eleven oh one. That was always a BT's thing. He wanted someone to laugh. Ooh, laugh so hard. He wrecked his car. Yeah. But yeah. like you know, not not be injured, not be injured. Yep. for sure. All right, we got to get to Jeremy Rutherford. We're late for him. Our, our Blues Insider next. I want to ESPN. I'm going home. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. With Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN, and our guy Jeremy Rutherford of the uh, Athletic is joining us right now. He's our Blues insider. What's up, JR? Oh, not too much, boys. Just listening to the gauntlet there. I was going to say justice for Josh, but it looks like you got it corrected there. I always do the right thing, JR. Maybe not right <laughs> away, but I get there eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How you guys doing? Good, buddy. Good. How you doing? Good, good. Yeah, just leaving uh, Tony Twist house. I was texting you guys. Uh, I got to tell you, a little intimidating when I first pulled in the driveway. I walk up to the garage and he is literally spray painting a skull. <laughs> yeah. Someone who owed him he money is. for a windshield. <laughs> he is he's spray painting a skull and then we go in the house and uh Riv, I think you've been there, but he's got this like Cadillac of a massage chair, this nice black oh, yeah, yeah. massage chair. And so he goes, Hop in there, hop in there, big boy. So I, I sit in the massage chair, I'm blocked in, my arms, my legs, everything's blocked in. <laughs> And I look at him, I said, is this how you get your skull? <laughs> like, can't move anywhere. So he disappears, and uh, I get a 20-minute massage, and then uh, when it's over, I, 
I couldn't get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> so what? So I'm assuming Jr. That uh, you didn't just pay pay a visit to Twister's house. What 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 piece are you working on for the athletic? Yeah, we got a series this week at the athletic. It's a it's a fighting series. There's been a couple pieces already, and uh, I think it's a situation where uh, we're going back in time and just talking about what fighting was and, and where it's uh, gone. Obviously, not a lot of it in today's game. But what was really cool is the piece today is a lot of. George LaRock talking about his days of uh, fighting. And so I had my laptop up and the article was on the uh, laptop screen and, and Tony twist was reading the article next to me and he was reading George's comments about how, you know, he feared Tony twist and how he would get into his head and he'd be thinking about Tony twist whenever they played. And so to be a fly on the wall and watch Tony read the article, he looked up at me and he said, wow, I had no idea I had, I was in his head like that. Well, yeah, you were in his head and tried to punch through his head, Twister, at the same time. Um, I remember his first fight with George. It was in Edmonton, and George LaRock is a massive individual. Twister's a, I mean, he's a barrel chest, big arms, big legs, but he's not all that tall. And so when they lined up uh, on the ice, you know, George was quite a bit taller than, than Twister. And it didn't take long for Tony to... He'll grab that jersey, start yanking him around out there. And I've told this before, Jr. You know, I, I wrestled around with Twister one time in practice. It was like riding a bull. Honestly, <laughs> if you could hang on for eight seconds, that was a victory. Because he yeah, would the, yeah. he, the strength that he had when he would yank guys forward and then try to punch through the front of their face out the back of their head. <laughs> I mean, I can just imagine what that felt like. And I there's absolutely. I, I don't doubt that George LaRock and, and many other guys were nervous when they had to play against Twister. Yeah, and it's funny how you say about uh, George LaRock being so much taller than Twister because he actually said that when they were lined up at the face-off right, Riv, he said that he kind of looked out of the corner of his eye and he said George's, George LaRock's butt was at about <laughs> Twister's eye level. <laughs> so yeah. he, was, he was like, I can't believe I'm getting ready to fight this guy, but no, the piece should be in the athletic on a Friday. Spent a couple of days with uh, Twister, uh, talking about when he broke into the league. He uh, he talks about he really wanted to go to college and thought he was going to go get an education, and then all of a sudden Ron Cron signs him to a contract after being drafted in the ninth round, and he finds himself uh, as a uh, NHL enforcer. Too. So he talks about life as an enforcer and what he sees in the game today. So a fun piece coming out on Friday. Well, this next guy I want to talk to you about is is not an enforcer. But not afraid to drop the mitts. Last night, Jake Neighbors endearing himself uh, quite a bit to Blues fans with the way he's been able to play this season. And recently playing with Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo and then you know stepping up last night and throwing hands, JR. This young man's working his way into the hearts of fans, but also Craig Berube. How about that? And uh, with his mom in attendance last night, too. Uh, you guys showed that on ballets and... And he said his mom, none too happy with him uh, dropping the gloves. And he takes on a pretty tough customer uh, last night in Burroughs. In fact, I was in the locker room today and, and talked to Jake Neighbors. He's got a little scuff on the nose, but he did a, a really good job in the fight. And I don't think that he knew uh, what type of customer he was going up against. He said he found out later from his teammates uh, who he had taken on uh, in, his, in his fighting career, talking about Burroughs. So it was a situation where he didn't know what he was getting into necessarily but really handled his own. And one thing he said, Riv, today was kind of funny, was if you watch the highlight of that fight, I was watching the Blues bench, and you look at Buchnevich, and he's kind of into the fight. He's watching every punch. 
Kapanen is sitting right next to him, and he's got his head down. And I said to neighbors, what was up with that? He said, actually, Kapanen came in today and said he could not watch. He said once he heard the first couple punches, he didn't want to watch somebody get their face broken. So uh, he put his head down and couldn't couldn't tune into that fight. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly it can be intimidating sometimes for sure. But I can tell you this, sometimes not knowing your opponent is better. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you don't hesitate. And you look at Jake Neighbors yesterday when Burroughs came up to him, you know, kind of challenged him. He turned around with the mitts off and was swinging. Whereas, had he known, you know, what the guy's resume was, he may have been a little more apprehensive at that point. Although, who is the guy that you said you didn't know was a lefty? Yeah, uh, Dan Cordick. <laughs> he played for Hershey. I was with the Worcester Ice Cats, and my nose was still looking for an apology. <laughs> Dan Cordick, yeah. no, I didn't have the game notes, Jr. and uh, <laughs> nobody told me he was a lefty. I don't know if it would have mattered either way, but uh, he hit me with the first punch and uh, knocked me out on my feet, and then the second punch brought me back. And, oh, uh, good, where am I? And then we had a little go-around after that. It wasn't totally embarrassing, although I felt like crap afterwards, but uh, I said, hey, boys. How about the heads up that he's a lefty next time? <laughs> you you didn't have the answers to the test on that one. No, no. I would have tried to use them, trust me. <laughs> yeah, neighbors did a good job. And uh, the birthday boy celebrating number 21 today, and he's uh, he abides by the law. Last night when he went out to dinner with his parents after the game, uh, he said that it wasn't quite 12, so it wasn't his birthday, so he couldn't partake in a Budweiser. Oh, come on. That guy, after that fight last <laughs> night, he couldn't buy a beer in St. Louis if he tried. <laughs> he would line up to give him birthday beers. Yeah. So, JR, when when we look at this team now, I mean, the, the offense is certainly there. The, the defense, not so much. Hey. What do you think we're learning right now that we can apply to next year, though? I think you can read a little bit into it. I wouldn't put a lot of stock into it. You know, uh, nine, ten games left in the season, and these are kind of different type of games. But I, th- I think you can put a little stock into uh, the offense that uh, Kapanen, Brana, what the lines look like, what these guys are providing, because it gives us a glimpse of what we could see next season. I do think, you know, you get an off season, you come back to camp, things are going to be different. They might look different. Uh, but you're seeing some of the skill uh, with these guys, and of course the Blues putting up 18 goals in the last three games, That's that's been pretty good. You know, the defense, still a huge question mark, and that's something that's going to have to be addressed in the offseason. But I think uh, what Craig Berube said a couple weeks ago, they're going to experiment, they're going to look at things, and that's what they're doing. Speaking of which, I'm sure you guys have touched on uh, that uh, Kapanen will be in the middle tomorrow with Buchnevich and Thomas out, so here's a guy who's never really played center in his NHL career, and they're going to take a look at him tomorrow. So just getting a look at everything is basically what they're doing. JR, uh, one of the surprises for me since the deadline, it hasn't been the production of Kapanen or Verona because I think everybody knew that that was in there somewhere. You know, they were, you know, Kapanen was a really talented player, drafted high, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, all that stuff. Verona, Stanley Cup champion. We were hoping to find their form here, but not terribly surprising but Sammy Blay I don't know if it's fair to say it's surprising but he's tied his career output for goals in a season and that's just since coming here uh, coming back to the Blues JR what are you seeing out there when you watch Sammy Blay because I see a guy that has evolved he's not just a guy running around hitting everything that moves he is doing that still but man he's creating a lot of offense Oh, you're nailing it. Yeah, a couple things here on this riff. First of all, I think uh, Braden Shen said it best, uh, was it last night, a couple nights ago, he said that he's scoring goals both ways. He's got the skill. Some of these passes are incredible, 
and he's scoring net front goals too. So he's he's exactly what the Blues I think need. You, obviously, you want the skill, uh, but you got to have guys going to the net. Sammy Blaze doing that right now. And in the past, we always talked about Sammy Blaze and his physicality, and he's going for hits. Well, now you don't necessarily think that that's what he's doing, but oh, by the way, at the end of the game, he's got eight hits. So it's just happening throughout the course of the game while he's contributing on offense. Riv, the one thing I'll say big picture about Sammy Blay is this. This isn't a player who was stale for a couple years and you know got traded just because uh, they saw no future. Here's a situation. This guy's coming back from the knee injury, and it takes a while to come back from that ACL, and it's only been about a year or a little more than that. So I'm not saying he's turning into a top-line player and he's going to score you 40 goals in a couple of years, but I really do think with what we've seen here lately, this could be a situation where he's starting to feel a lot better after that knee and growing into a nice little role for the Blues. JR, great stuff. Looking forward to your your piece coming out this week uh, on Twister. Yeah, and I told him I was going on with Riv here, and he's, what's he up to? What's he up to? And I said, I always get this uh, award-winning show with Anthony Stalter. And he said, okay, so Twister says, hey, Riv. Yo, he listens all the time. He texts me all the time. <laughs> Don't let him fool you. All right. I run his show. <laughs> <laughs> See you, hey, JR. Thanks, boys. See ya. All right, that's, our, that's our guy, Jeremy Rutherford, at JP Rutherford online on Twitter. Uh, if you want to check out his great work at The Athletic, he's got, you know, when he does features, it's outstanding. Of course, the game coverage is always good from JR. But when he, when he has an opportunity to dive into a story, do a feature on whether in this case it's Tony Twist or somebody else, JR always knocks it out of the park. I think that's what I really enjoy about The Athletic in particular is the fact that you do get your day in and day out coverage of the local team. But it's not like the beat writer coverage, mm-hmm. which nothing wrong with that. But I do like the, you know, the ancillary content of pieces like this about Twister, and they always like once a week. It feels like they've got something that's new and different and informative, without losing the pulse of the team as well. Agreed. It's kind of fun. We have our Cardinals season leaders predictions coming up next. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Andrew Marsh just told you we're going to be at Ballpark Village tomorrow for the Cardinals home opener. And it's opening day. And right now, it's your opportunity to celebrate with us opening day. We're going to give you a chance to score a $50 gift card to Ballpark Village. Cardinals home opener tomorrow afternoon. You can join us in in the fun at Ballpark Village. Use your gift card at Bally Sports Live, Budweiser Brewhouse, which is where we're going to be, sports and social, or any venue inside Ballpark Village Right now, if you are the 101st texter with the correct answer to the Air Comfort Service text line at 314-399-9646, you'll get that $50 gift card to Ballpark Village. Here's your question today. Jordan Walker will make his debut for the Cardinals. He is the youngest Cardinals player to make his debut since... Do you have the correct answer? And Jamie knew it. Jamie knew it right away. I wish this was on the gauntlet. Poor Jamie. Uh, if you are the 101st <laughs> texter to the Air Comfort Service tax line, 314-399-9646 with the correct answer, Jordan Walker will make his debut as the youngest Cardinal since who? You got the correct answer, then great. Going to get that $50 gift card. 
And tomorrow, our opening day coverage, all brought to you by Rawlings, Green Envy Lawn Care, and by Budweiser. Hope to see you down there tomorrow at Ballpark, Ballpark Village. All right, here we go. You guys ready to do some season list, season predictions here for the Cardinals? Absolutely. Season leaders? Yeah. Let's start with average. Mm. Who leads the Cardinals in average? Wow. It's a good question. Wow. Who leads the car? Who really Who cares? knows? Who really knows? Can I go? go. Yeah, go ahead. Andrew. I think it's easy. Paul Goldschmidt. Okay. An average? Yeah. Last Ooh. year, he was, uh, well, one of the Ooh. only guys to bat over 300. He bat, batted 317. Uh, so I'm going to stick with Paul there and go with Paul's to the wall. Jamie? Yeah, I mean, Goldie seems like an obvious choice. Yeah, I'll go with Goldie. I'm going to go with Brandon Donovan. Ooh. I think he's going to have a high average guy that gets on base a lot, too. Wow. High on base. I mean, yeah. Brandon Donovan will be your all right. season leader with average. Jamie's disgusted. No, I'm uh, not at all. On base percentage, who's going to be your OBP leader? Wow, OBP, yeah, you know me. Um, I think it's going to be, uh, wow, Nolan Arnauto. That's my answer. I'm going with Brendan Donovan. I I, I had Donovan second in average uh, in my little ranking list and last year he was just a little bit below Paul Goldschmidt and OBP about a 10 about 0.10 different uh differential there so I'm gonna go with uh Brendan Donovan I like his upside in terms of just getting on base and uh of course he's gonna be leading off at least we think he is um so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Brendan Donovan there I got Donovan too I just said he's gonna get on base a bunch I think the average is gonna be high I got Brendan Donovan as with the on base leader oh, for the Cardinals OBP. I thought you went OPS no Damn, OBP yeah you dumb. know me that's that all right dumb. home I runs Jamie son home runs Paul Goldschmidt I'm gonna go with Nolan Arnauto I'm gonna go with Nolan Arenado. Wow, there you go. What about Wilson Contreras though? Do you think he hits 30 home runs? 30? 30? What are you um, thinking? Like 25? I think he's. I, I, mean, 20, I think he's 24. I think he's, I think he's more of a 25 home run guy. 25. Than a 30 home run hitter. I think 25 actually would be a great year for him. It'd be a, it'd be a career high. There we we might be a little over inflated. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see your RBI. Who's your RBI leader for the Cardinals? Paul Goldschmidt. Nolan Arenado for me. Nolan Arenado! I mean, whoever you go with for the home run leader, you kind of have to lean towards the RBI, too. Makes sense. Yeah. I am sticking with Nolan, uh, and I don't believe he regresses this season. It sounds like you don't think so either, Anthony, even though you said the other day that you think he might regress a little. Who? Nolan Arenado! Yeah, you did. I said Goldschmidt's going to No, he said mm. both of those okay, guys. Okay, pull up the film then. If you're going to accuse the me The receipts. Something. Bring up the receipts. Pull up the audio. Pull up the audio. Okay, well, Marsha, we can do pull that. Pull up the film yeah. on when I film, said that, Anthony. and then pull up the audio to match the film. Mm. All right? Why you're accusing me. Come on. Anthony, I can do a lot of things with audio. I turned you hitting your head on the desk into a, into a song. No, Marsha, it's okay. We'll get the audio. We'll get it. Don't worry about that. Stolen base leader. Uh, Lars Nupar. The Newt. You guys think it's the Newt? I do. I don't. <laughs> oh, you were just reiterating what Jamie said? Yeah. 
I don't think I don't think it's the guy to let, let it by a wide margin last year is Tommy Edmond with 32. I'm going to say Tyler O'Neill. Full season, Tyler O'Neill. I think Tyler O'Neill does it. I don't. Yeah, I mean, he's the fastest guy on your roster, and I was I was leaning Tyler O'Neill, but I just don't see him as a singles kind of machine. I don't think he's stealing third very often if he hits doubles. So I think just the opportunity to steal won't be there as much for Tyler O'Neill. Yep. I'm just gonna throw something at that wall and see if it sticks. Oh, I know where you're headed. Go ahead. I'm gonna say it, Jordan. Walker. I knew he was gonna say it. I like where your head's at, Anthony. Anthony's disgusting. I with like you. where your head's at with Tyler O'Neill. Okay. But can he stay healthy? Is the question. He had 14 stolen bases last year in 96 games. Anthony's disgusted. I'm not disgusted. He had a right. physical reaction to what you said. I just. Anthony, he I don't takes see it. three steps. He's at second base. Especially with the bigger bags, too, Anthony. You know, you like that. I don't see it. Uh, ERA. Oh, boy. See, this is a this is where things get a little tough. Yeah, ERA. Uh, I'll go Jordan Montgomery. Okay. Marsh. I've been. It's not five o'clock yet, but. Oh no! I've been saying for it's months close. now. It's close. That he's going to be in the top five for the Cy Young. Oh. Jack Flair. Oh. Okay. <laughs> He's disgusting. Now, now who do you now who do you actually think will? Jack Larry. Okay. <laughs> I like your Montgomery pick. I'll be a little different though. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Steven Matz. I think it's a bounce back year for Steven Matz. Bounce back year for Steven Matz. There Speaking you have it. of disgusted. Strikeouts. Who's your strikeout leader this year? Ah, uh, uh, that sounds good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do we have a guy? Jack Flaherty. Come on. Come on. He's the only guy that really is going to throw strikeouts. I think it's Michaelis. I'm going to go Michaelis. Cheers. I'm going to say, I and mean, I'm no, really, none of them are strikeout guys. No, that's the problem is. Some no. Flaherty who. Yeah. We'll see if he gets I'm there. Just going for it, man. Do hey, you think it'd be crazy if uh, someone from the bullpen won this award? Most strikeouts. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> and it would be problematic all at the same time. Drew Verhagen. Oh, Helsley was third last year. So uh, I wonder how many people are going to get strikeouts from the from the new rules. You know? Mm. What new rules? The, the pitch, pitch clock. clock. Jinx. <laughs> Who's your guy, Marsh? Uh, mine is going to be Jordan Montgomery. All right. Wins. Last one. Who's going to lead the team in wins? Moose. I'll go Mats. My, what is with you? I just said the ER. Well, I, I'm just, I'm correlating. What is with you? I'm correlating. That's, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm i rooting for the Cardinals this year. Steven Mats just happens to be, happen to well, be on the I'm rooting for the, the Cardinals too, but I'm giving, sound like it. I'm giving real answers. So am I. Steven Mats. It's going to be ER, your ERA leader, and he's going to uh, he's going to rack up the most dubs. Hmm. I know where this go. is headed. Look where it went last year for you. Yeah. I was a year off. I'm going Jack Flaherty, Anthony. Oh, okay. my right. God. I think he's he's gonna, it. Okay, you're, you're I, done. He's going to win you're 16 done. games he's this year. Six-pack is next. He's trying to blow up the text line. 314-399-9646. Speaking of the text line, that's where you can send your questions. Marsh is going to clean up his attitude. We'll do a sports six-pack next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Answer the question. Answer the question. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Schlafly Beer, the original St. Louis craft brewery. We still need biggest question of the day, mic drop. So if you want to leave us a biggest question of the day, again, go to the 101 ESPN app, leave a mic drop for us, and maybe you'll have an opportunity to have your chosen for the biggest question of the day coming up at 530. Marsh, question number one. From the 618, the NBA has opened up a themed restaurant in Toronto filled with memorabilia and other things. Is this something that other sports should do? Like the Hard Rock Cafe? But for the what? NBA, hmm. what would be called the the hardwood what? cafe? The hard, yeah, the hardwood cafe. I've seen that opening in Toronto, Amsterdam. I think that's different, Jamie. Mm-hmm. This one's in Toronto. They play basketball in there mm-hmm. in that country. Yeah, they sure do. Oh. All right. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be fun. Sure. To, to have a bar that's themed after. Let me, can, can I have a question? Sure. I, I'm sorry. I have a question. Can I? Question number two. Isn't what? that isn't that basically any sports bar? Anywhere no, but in America. Um, that's like overall sports. I think that they're talking about targeting one sport. So you'd have your Cardinal bar, like all Cardinals memorabilia, kind of like Cardinal Nation downtown. Right. Okay, exactly. Okay. Now I think you answered my question. Yeah, yeah. see? Got it. Is there an all hockey bar, though? Yeah, it's called OB Clark's. Nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. Now, There's I don't know anything others. about this NBA bar. I wonder yeah. if the NBA owns it. I don't. Yeah, I, I doubt don't that the NBA owns one singular yeah. restaurant in Toronto. Yeah, I can't see that. <laughs> I'm not. I just put it out there. Hey guys, I got a new investment for all of us. One bar basketball in Toronto. Yes, the mecca of co- you know all basketball. I. You know the Raptors won a championship about four or five years ago, right? Yeah, they yeah they're fighting for a playing spot right We're now. We're going with them. Yeah, baby, they're our team. Sure, be fun. Let's yeah. go. All right, cool. I'm here for it. Sweet. Question number two. The actual question number two. From the 314, <laughs> what level of acceptable expectations can we put on Jordan Walker for his rookie season? I feel like the fan base thinks he is the next Albert. Well, we've been told he is. No. You kind know, of. You know what would be a great kind season? Of. He sta- He stays with the big league team all year. He, sta- he doesn't go back down. He does enough to merit the spot and he's an, he's a regular and when you look at it when it's all said and done he's got 150 some odd games and he's he's an everyday player and in the conversation for rookie of the year yeah i would agree with everything you just said if he's in the conversation for rookie of the year we don't need to I go don't even into know the, do you, into does he need numbers. to be in the conversation for rookie of the year though or he or, doesn't need to be but if he is jamie it answers it answers everything when it, when it comes to like the statistical stuff. Like how many home runs is except all. If he's in the conversation, if he's if he's in the top three for voting for National League Rookie of the Year, yeah. But does that define season. a good season for him? I mean, it, I would say so. Yes. Well, I mean, obviously, it means he had a good year. But I'm saying, does it have to be that in order for no. him to have a good year? No. That's kind of where I was headed with more. I I liked your initial approach more, just that. He's an everyday player. Mm-hmm. You worry about being an MVP like years after. Now, if he's an everyday player and he's 
anything close to what we've seen so far, he's probably going to be in that discussion just by default. Yeah. Agreed. Question number three. Uh, This one should be easy for Anthony. Uh, One athlete, and this is from the 636, that you would like to have a beer with the most and that you would like to punch the most. Second one, Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Not even close. (laughs) I don't even know if if there's a 1B. It's just Aaron Rodgers. I'm trying to think. I've said a few names over the course of the years. Of people I'd like to pop right in the nose. You can have Aaron Rodgers too, man. That's right. fine. I mean, he's definitely on my list. He's on the short list for yeah. sure. Um, in terms of having a beer with? Having a beer. Oh, I want to have a beer with Gronk. Absolutely. Yeah. Probably 100 beers, actually. I mean, there's obviously more fascinating people. Like, you sit down with, I don't know, Babe Ruth or, like, somebody iconic. Mm-hmm. But I want to have a good time. Gronk probably have you covered there. Yeah, I want to have a good time. Mm. He'll probably invite Brady. We'll have a good time. Those guys will be honored to be in my presence, which they should be. It's fine. You know? I think I'd have a beer with Stone Cold, Steve Austin. Would you smash it together and drink it like that with him? Well, of course. Yeah. (laughs) And I'd smash with him. The beers. Smash the beers, baby. uh, What? Anyways, um, I would probably punch... Jamie Ben in the face. It's a good one. Oh, you better yeah. take better make it a good one. <laughs> <laughs> what about Nazem Kadri? Oh, oh that's yeah. a bag. Yeah, he's I'd got prob- a punchable face yeah. for sure. He's know, got a face yeah. you'd never get tired of punching. Would actually. you rather punch him or would you want to like like slew foot? Whoa, or whoa. Something? Oh, I thought your heads were Do what to him? Slew foot. Yeah, Anthony. Slew foot? Oh yeah. my god. What do the Billikens have to do with this? Question number four. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> Thank you. All right. From the three. <laughs> that one got me. Just, uh, from the six, three, six. <laughs> it was so stupid. It was so bad. It was, it was so perfect. It was so stupid. It got me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jeez, Anthony. From the 636, the Blues offense continues to shine. Damn right it does. But what is the path for them to improve their defense oh. this offseason? Well, should we talk about it next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN? Oh, sure. Why not? We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Congratulations from Kurt Baldwin. He had the correct answer to win the gift card, $50 gift card to Ballpark Village. Jordan Walker will be the youngest, the youngest player for the Cardinals to start opening day since Rick Ankeo, baby. Hank. So congratulations to Kirk from uh, Baldwin. He's going to get that $50 gift card. Come on down tomorrow. Spend it on us. Yeah. We won't be mad. No, not at all. Come join us. Two to six. <laughs> Or go down there for opening day for the yeah the opening drive down there huh. at Ballpark Village. BK and Ferrari are gonna be there. Yeah, they're handing out contracts to Verona. Well, of course, contract extensions. 
I mean, he is scoring at will. Jamie? He's doing a good job. I'm happy for the young man. Yeah. He is. He's, I mean, in all seriousness, he's, he's off to a great start. I don't know if we need to give him the contract yet. I'd like to see him continue yeah. before I throw a piece of paper at him and says, I want you for more than what I signed up for. Jamie, I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, question for you. Yep. And I feel like we've uh, we've asked this of you 6,482 times throughout the course of this season and this season alone. But, you know, Jamie, the offense, uh, offense, not an issue for the, for the Blues. Not right now, that's for sure. How do they sure up that thing called defense? Hmm. Well, uh, it's going to take a group effort. It has to. One of these? Yeah, everybody coming together, working together, and uh, really uh, helping that D. That's, uh, that's what happens. You can't just rely on the pairs mm-hmm. out there anymore. It, um, it used to be that way where you'd have a couple of shutdown defensemen and they just work at shutting down the other teams. A couple of Jamie Rivers, a couple of Val McInneses out there. And <laughs> That's all you needed, but honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't work that way anymore. You've got to play good team defense. And the Blues haven't done that consistently. And they do it in pockets still because you see even last night there's time where you're up what 5-2. This game, it's on Rolling. lockdown. Yeah. No, it isn't. No That's issues. the problem. That The problem is that they can't lock down games. There's been a number of comeback uh, games where teams have come back and won or gotten a point or taken away a victory from the Blues because they can't lock it down. And look, losing, losing, trading, rather, a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, trading or let it, losing, I got it all backed up here, <laughs> losing a guy like David Perron and... It affects your team overall when you're playing that team defense, but as much as the young guys are contributing offensively here, and they are, the focus still has to be on good team defense. And it doesn't happen overnight. You got a guy like Jacob Verana who, you know, he's never been a a, a defensive guy, defensive-minded player, and he really didn't play that much in Detroit. So you're kind of getting a fresh palette. And you're like, oh, what do we do here now? And he's learning what Craig Berube and the Blues staff would like from forwards and, and players overall. You still, you've got guys that have been here for a couple of seasons that are still um, learning to improve their game defensively. Jordan Cairo is a prime example. We get a ton of texts every day. He, Jordan Cairo is a lightning rod for his defensive efforts. Okay, fine. But at least he's leading your team in scoring. There's other guys on this roster that aren't great defensively, and they're not leading your team in scoring. So I think that conceptually, from a team standpoint, Craig Berube and the staff are going to have to go back to the drawing board in the offseason and come up with uh, a system or continue to teach the system that they want to this younger group of players, to these guys who are not uh, classified as full 200-foot players. It's part of the job. It's part of the coaching gig is improving players and maximizing their ability and if they're one-way players, whether they're strictly defensive guys, you want to try and create more offense, more pucks to the net, bodies to the net, get get going here, score some goals, create something. And if they're all flat out, you know, foot on the gas and offense, offense, you want to have those guys rounded out on the defensive side as well. We always love hearing from you. If you want to leave us a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app, great. Ed just did it. Let's hear his mic drop. Guys, give you a quick take for someone who doesn't know anything about hockey. Uh, 
But this is what the Blues are doing. They're obviously testing out everything they can. We've seen it with the goal scoring. We know Jordan Bennington can stand on his head when he needs to. So what are we going to do about the defense? You know, we'll figure it out. We have an offseason. We have a great staff. We have a great management. Just give it some time. Baruby, great coach. You saw it in the minors. You saw it in a Stanley Cup championship. Just R-E-L-A-X. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Relax. With the Rogers route. Come on, no. Ed. Did you see that to hurt my feelings? If I had any feelings, that hurt. Went the Aaron Rodgers route on us. But no, outside of that, what do you think of Ed's comments there? Kind of testing things out. This is a bit of a trial period. You kind yeah. of have to figure out what you have at post-trade trade deadline. You've got Verona. You've got Kapanen. Jake Neighbors get his, you know, last night he was on the top line. You are mixing and matching to some degree to give yourself some like some analysis here or the ability to have uh, data so you can uh, you know analyze things in the offseason. Uh, do you agree with that? In that they're, they're kind of mixing and matching, just setting up things for next year? They have to be. If, you real, if you've realized what you have as a team, that the playoffs aren't in the, in the picture for you this year, you absolutely have to fast-forward to the offseason and next year. You already have to be thinking about what kind of players you'd like to acquire, what players you'd like to keep, uh, what style of play you'd like to incorporate, what forecheck, what neutral zone, what defensive zone works best for the current stable of players that you have. Absolutely. And you're trying players in different areas and different roles to see if you can use them in several ways. Are they just one-dimensional? Can they bring a better offensive-slash-defensive game to the table? Can they play more physical? Can they manage the puck better? Can they play in special team situations? You know, we saw a couple of times where Jordan Cairo got on the penalty kill at the end of penalty kill the, uh, not too long ago. Think Craig Ruby had that on his bingo card? No. no, probably not, but let's see what it looks like. Let's give an opportunity to kill a penalty. You have to. You're you're literally evaluating. It's like a training camp right now in the regular season to where you're evaluating players based upon the opportunity they're being given. So a lot of times in preseason, you'll get a young guy or even a guy you've traded for or brought in. You put him in a different situation. Well, I wonder what he looks like here. Ah, it's preseason. Doesn't matter, right? Not that it doesn't matter right now, but you're not making the playoffs. Mm. So why not experiment with different looks uh, and different lines and, and different D pairs? Well, Marco Scandella has uh, seen a few shifts here recently with Colton Pareko. Craig Berube talked about that um, this morning following practice, and he just said, uh, look, there are certain situations where I'd like to have the two big men out there. And when they had JT Miller and, and Elias Pettersson for the Canucks, he didn't want – you know, he didn't want that matchup against Krug or Lenny. He wanted Scandella with Pareko. A couple of bigger guys, take away time and space, not get out-muscled. So you're going to try different things, as he should. So I think that, yes, the, the process of evaluating is ongoing, not just player-wise, but systems-wise, too. What do we like about our team? What do we not like? What worked? What didn't work? And that process starts now. So good on the Blues for identifying things that they have to do in order to be more successful next year. It's great to get a head start. Does the experimentation matter, though, if the, the execution and the, the effort isn't there on a consistent basis like we've seen throughout the year? But that's right there. You gave yourself an answer. 
if you can't see the effort of the consistency, you already know that that player or those players don't work. They don't work, and you got to figure out other players mm-hmm. or how do you get them to buy into the system. So that right there, you're mm-hmm. you're getting information data as they call it nowadays, right? Data. You're getting data on your players every single day at practice, in the games, whether they're consistent, inconsistent, managing the puck well, turnover machines, whatever it is. It's giving you the data you want for each player. And I can guarantee you that as they watch these games, they're filling in the resumes of these players with what they believe they are currently and where they think they need to be next year in order to be a St. Louis Blue or contribute to this team. So the process is ongoing. 513, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Cold, dead hands. That's what John Mosaloc said when he was asked whether or not he would be giving, uh, he would be trading Dylan Carlson. This was a couple of years ago. You'd have to pry him for my cold, dead hands. Well, is that an issue that that guy's not starting? Likely. That's next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Everybody, of course, remembers when President of Baseball Operations John Mozeliak said that uh, you'd have to pry Dylan Carlson out of my cold, dead hands in order to acquire him in a trade. Yeah. Well, how problematic is it then that Dylan Carlson isn't projected, at least at this point, to be starting? So BK and Ferrari were talking about Dylan Carlson today, saying that he could be trade bait. Text line was chiming in, asking how how did we get here? And again, without with Dylan Carlson unlikely to start tomorrow... How big of an issue is it? Well, I think it's definitely an issue. This was your can't-miss blue-chip prospect, That, to your point, Anthony. The, like Those words, there's a couple things that will haunt presidents of hockey or baseball operations. With, with Doug Armstrong, in my opinion, Colm Pareko is now the alpha dog. Yeah. That one there, I, he, he'd like a take-back on. And I think that John Mosaloc would like a take back on Priam from my cold, dead hands mm-hmm. based on the fact that, you know, Dylan Carlson right now projected to be a bench player on opening day tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's – I don't think it's a massive issue because two games into this, it could change. Yeah, He could get an at-bat, um, hit a home run or a double or whatever. O'Neal could strike out or get hurt. You know, whatever the case is, Dylan Carlson can find himself back in the lineup relatively quickly and then not look back. So it's not like, oh, my God, it was a bust, because I don't believe that. I think Dylan Carlson has a lot of baseball left in him, a switch-hitting 23-year-old player that can play anywhere in the outfield, can steal you some bases, hit doubles, all that stuff. He's got a lot of promising future ahead of him. It's just that right now, in this moment, it seems odd that that player is now on the bench. You know, Jamie, you know you know this as well as anybody. You, you've you evaluated athletes, especially at the, the hockey level. You know that not th- this isn't something that's linear. This isn't we draft him, we draft him high, we believe in him, he gets into – 
the minor leagues and within X amount of time, he's at he's in the big leagues. Now, you can't wait 10 years because then you, you miss out on like, the, well, he's no longer a prospect. Andrew Kisner's no longer a prospect. Andrew Kisner. You go from prospect to suspect pretty quickly sometimes. Absolutely. I don't think we're there at Dylan Carlson. <laughs> suspect. Yeah. Suspect of the talent. The kids say it's sus. It makes good sense. One. Yeah, that was good. So, I didn't mean like a crime suspect. Yeah, I know. Maybe some of Maybe. the guys. Some of them do. Mm-hmm. It's it's not that easy. You're right. John Mozalak talking about prime out of my cold dead hands or fingers or whatever he said. It does it raises it raises the expectations. But Dylan Carlson, throw out 2020. That was when he made his debut. And it was in the middle of a pandemic, a weird-ass season. So weird. See ya. He's been in the league two years. Yeah. And he was hurt for a good portion of it last year. Yeah. With the wrist, I believe. Yes. Wasn't wasn't this wasn't yeah. able to to compete at at the the you know top top of his game or better, right? right, correct. So you look at Michael Harris. Not everybody's Michael Harris. Not everybody's Juan Soto. Not everybody is Ronald Acuna or Ozzy Albies. They step in right away, and they hit well. Not everybody's Jordan Walker. There's varying degrees of prospects. We writing off Nolan Gorman? A lot he, of people had. I think it's ridiculous. No, but they had Anthony. Sure, that's why. Like that's what uh, I'm saying. The same thing here regarding Dylan Carlson. We're too. way too impatient mm-hmm. as fans. We're way too impatient, and it's worse because we're not paying attention to the ups and downs of every other young player in the league to understand that this is normal. We only talk about the guys that hit right away. Boom. Why isn't why isn't our guy Michael Harris? Why isn't our guy Juan Soto? Why isn't our guy Julio Rodriguez? You have no idea. You have no idea the process for some of these other players. Did Dylan Carlson become an all-star in 2021? No. Was he a rookie of the year candidate? No. Well, he Are was, we ready to write him he off was at twenty four of the year? I think he finished third. Sorry, was he the rookie of the year? No, but what I, that, I'm just saying, my point is, sure, is that it wasn't an awful season. No, we don't know what Dylan Carlson is going to be. I know that a lot, a lot of people are. I already know. Okay, you might be right. You, it may it may bear out that Dylan Carlson is is a you know, never developed. You might be right. You don't. You have the incomplete picture, though. And if you're that good at making predictions, hey, go to our, our partners there at FanDuel and do your thing. Make Pro- good money off predicting things. Promo code fast. Exactly. But at 24 years old, we we don't have the we don't have the full puzzle picture yet. We don't. So we'll see. No. Okay. So then, what are realistic expectations then? Because he's got to be a starter at some point. He kind of came in with unrealistic uh, projections. Based on the cold dead hands. Then he ends up third, I believe. Can't remember, but I believe he ended up third in the rookie of the year voting mm-hmm. in the National League. So that in my opinion, that helped his cause. But so like what are realistic expectations for him this he's, year? He's gotta hit he's gotta hit better than one of these four next four guys that I'm about that I'm about to mention. He's gotta hit either better than Jordan Walker, Lars Newbar, Tyler O'Neill, or Nolan Gorman. The, that's the only. That's the only way, and, and it's very. So his real competition, though, quite honestly, is Lars Newbar, in my opinion, because if if Tyler O'Neill is playing close to what Tyler O'Neill can do, 
Dylan Carlson's not as good as Tyler O'Neill. He's not. Look at Tyler O'Neill a couple of years ago. If he come close to that, you don't have to duplicate that. If you come close to it, I don't think Dylan Carlson can get to that level. If Jordan Walker hits the level of expectations that you have, Dylan Carlson's not that player. No, Jordan Walker's a potential, potential superstar. So Lars Newtbar becomes the guy that you circle and say, hmm, that's pretty much my competition. I have to play better than Lars Newtbar, stay healthier than Jordan Walker, and be more consistent. Uh, stay healthier than Tyler, Tyler O'Neill and be more consistent than Jordan Walker. There you go. And Nolan Gorman. Because I, I do think Nolan Gorman, th- there is a D8, there is an avenue here. Yeah. For, yeah. for Dylan Carlson. DC, but I don't see DC as a DH. Do no, you really? I, prototypically, no. I just mean, my point is there, there are four avenues for Dylan Carlson to see regular time. He's got a hit, but the four avenues are the three outfield spots and the DH. Because he's going to have the opportunity, is my point. If Nolan Gorman doesn't hit, then I think Dylan Carlson would be the next guy up, right? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong on that. At the DH? Yeah, I guess Burleson. If you hit, hit your play, yeah. Who's gonna get the Who's gonna get the first shot though? It'll be DC. I agree. Following Nolan Gorman and depending on the situation, yeah. but yes, you can't you can't have you know so far in just over twelve hundred plate appearances, you can't hit two forty seven with only twenty nine home runs. It's not good enough. But at twenty four years old, to just say. All right, we know exactly what he is, and since he's not starting an opening day tomorrow, see you later. I just don't, I don't, I don't buy into that. Anthony, Plus, wouldn't we want, wouldn't we want them to play the guys that hit, hit? Well, yeah, that kind of be good. Yeah, go ahead. Six one eight. He's jumping in. Anthony says uh, that's on Mosaic for saying cold dead hands. You're right. We said that a while ago, uh, and. He said, it's like he's selling us a bill of goods on Walker, Wynn, Graceffo, Flaherty, and the others. Mosaic should keep his mouth shut. Okay, so I, I understand the one comment. Why are you a fan of the Cardinals? Well, if you don't believe him, though, what does it matter? So, but here, guys. That's my question. Listen, being a GM or president of baseball operations, there's a certain amount of sales involved in this, too. You have to sell your product. And I don't mean, like, financially, like... Re- but you have to sell the idea that you know how to draft and develop players. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the easy sales pitch is just having a guy like flat out just be awesome. Well, that's great. But then, we, then what you're doing is you're selling your scouting staff. Well, the scouts did a great job of finding said player. So although John Mosellock, I will say, his one thing that he said is the cold dead hands comment, okay? Probably could have done without that. But the rest of it, as far as Walker, Wynn, Graceffo, Flaherty, and others, like what have they said that's really not true? Graceffo to be determined, I don't really know much, but they talked about how good Walker could be, and he showed that. Mason Wynn's a a phenom at shortstop, and he's got a cannon for an arm. That's true. Jack Flaherty had an epic, historic finish to 2019. And then he came out, what, 2021? It went 8-1 to start the season. So, like, where's the lie there? So, so, I get it. These players may not always meet the expectations. But as a organization, you are selling, in air quotes, what these players are and can be. 
What is he supposed to say? Yeah, these guys, uh, you know, they're okay. No, I think but you should come spend your money and watch the games and, you know, spend all that all your time watching these subpar players that we invested our time and money into. What is he going to say but that? I think, what no. he's, I think what the 618 is trying to say, then just don't say anything. What, my question, and and I know, I know what you're saying. I know what he's saying. Yeah. What, do, what does it matter though? We get we get the six one eight. When he chimes in, he's he's always saying he's selling the fan base a bill of goods. You've never believed what John Mozeliak has said. What does it matter? You have never said John Mozeliak has fooled me. Okay. So what does it matter to you if he opens his mouth or not? And I haven't heard one person say, you know, everything that John Mozeliak says is 100% true, 100% accurate. I've never heard a Cardinal fan say that. So I don't – I'm a little confused as to what what the 618 is protecting here. If, if, if he, he just does – He doesn't want to hear all the, the, the hype – the rah rah. Oh, our all. team's gonna be great. We got a top five lineup. He doesn't want to hear blah. it. He wants he wants nothing from Mo. So he just wants Mo to just shut his mouth. Just nothing. Just never never talk. Yeah. Even though the okay. media, all they want is Mo to talk and describe where his his vision is for the team, sure. players, and all that stuff. I mean, it seemed it to me again. I'm not being I'm not being a jerk. If you don't like a TV show, you don't like a movie, you don't like what somebody has to say. Why are you listening? I get it. You want it. You're a Cardinals fan. You're going to watch the games. I get that. But Moe's not on every Cardinal game. He's not. It's not like you have to get past Moe's speech to watch a Cardinals game. You don't have to listen to Moe. You don't have to read Moe. You don't have to. You. Mo is not the gatekeeper for you watching your beloved Cardinals. You know what I mean? He's the opening credits that you can't skip before the show starts. Right. I hate previews. Why are you watching the bleeping (laughs) previews? previews. 636 does bring up something um, pretty valid here. It says the 618 is more of a Gersh guy. Ah, that's made. You know what? That makes sense. Okay. Oh, man. Is it Gersh? What? Is the 618 Gersh? No, it's not Anthony. Stop. Wow, what a spin zone. It makes so much sense. Stop your silliness. You're going to get people in trouble, This is brilliant. No, I cannot get behind this. Okay, no, but think about it for a second. I'm getting off your crazy train right now. Jamie, Jamie, think about it. You banged your head earlier, and it's starting to show. Think about this. Think of the genius of this. Gersh wants wants the, the ability to make trades, to make signings, right? Who's in front of him? John Mozeliak. Does he not already do that? That's kind of his job. No. Come on, Marsh. You know that. Well, Anthony, I don't know. He's got the title only. No, that's not true, Anthony. But to be able to make the decisions for the Cardinals front office, you need Mo out. I'm leaving the room. This makes so much sense to me. Anthony. The 618 is Gersh. Who texted that in? 636? Is that what it was? Who did it, Jamie? Say it. Who? I want to give credit. I don't even want my voice attached to this. This is incredible. Michael Gersh has never done anything to you, Anthony. I'm not saying. Stop it. I'm. I'm not saying he has. You're accusing him of something. But we just stop it. We just uncovered something 
that I mean, th- th- this all this all lines up, Jamie. We do have the biggest question of the day. I don't I know. Feel, if, I feel like that might be the biggest question. I don't know if I'm going to be able to answer for. it. Make sure somebody texts Chris and let her know she needs to watch Anthony for concussion symptoms. <laughs> <laughs> we never did find our spotter. I'll be fine, guys. Give up. It's the lane of fast here on 101 CSPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. That's right. Time for the biggest question of the day with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Andrew Marsh. Yeah, we got a uh, a question, but I wanted to play this mic drop from uh, one of our loyal listeners. Uh, goes by the name John. So, you know, I try to to limit my interaction with this show, but you know what I'm about to say is is important, and I think needs to be stated. So, you know, I really want to limit expectations on on you know whether we win or lose tomorrow because. You know, I think everybody realizes that, you know, we had a stupendous spring training, you know, and if you look at the facts of the matter, you know, we're the Grapefruit League champions and we're going to celebrate. And, you know, we got guys that are, are celebrating today. I mean, it's, you know, it's not like the Cactus League. It's not a clown league. You know, this is a, a hard feat. <laughs> guys look forward to this and it's important to them. So, you know, I just want to say, like, I can't guarantee that, you know, while you'll be paying north of a hundred dollars for for your standing room only tickets tomorrow like i don't know if goldie or arnado will need a day off because you know they're gonna party hard tonight and i think fans will understand that you know this team wins championships you know we're the spring training champs the grapefruit league champs and you know would you have it any other way so if we have to put out the a squad on saturday it's what we'll do but you know we're for sure gonna have a good time tonight i think fans understand to John Vosaylock's uh, point there, I think the fans understand it's a long season. And if the regulars are going to party hard tonight to celebrate mm-hmm. said Cactus League championship. Grapefruit. Yeah, uh, Grapefruit. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Yeah, the Cactus, Cactus League is a clown, clown show. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Um, sure. The Cactus League doesn't have the Marlins, and teams mm-hmm. don't play the Marlins 682 mm-hmm. or times. Or the Nationals. Yeah, during a, yeah. during one spring training yeah. uh, to, to acquire said their championship. So. Uh, yeah, great for league champs. Uh, John's right. And I think that you'll likely see Taylor Motter in the lineup tomorrow yeah, yeah. and a couple other backups. Mm-hmm. He's available. Just don't know what time. Right. Mm-hmm. Question, though. You know, obviously this team is... The grapefruit, the great, great is it grapefruit? My yeah, goodness, I can't say that. was that a remix? They're the great <laughs> grapefruit league champions. Yeah, I hit my head on the desk in between the uh, in the in the break. Uh, Just be careful. Yeah. Heard Anyways, the actual question, you know, what are realist realistic expectations for for this team? You know, we talk all off season about the pitching. Now we're talking about the offense. Still talking about the pitching, but. When you look at it from a full season, what are the expectations for this team when we hit October? Based on the the rest of the National League, based on their division, the expectation 100% is to win the NL Central. I don't you have no excuses. Oh. You have no excuses not to win the NL Central. He just wants to win the NL. Central. When it comes to the National League as a whole, Marsh? Whoa. 
You're talking about, I mean, come on. Get out of the first round. How about that? After that, you probably don't have the top end pitching. Do you, much th- else. Do you think they could be a uh, a team that can be in the top two in the National League and get that by? Based on the division? Yeah. Yes. Based on the division. Yes. That is correct. Did we say based on the division and not necessarily anything else? I think that's what I heard. Pretty yeah. much. Even with the balanced schedule? Yeah. Yeah. Um, real, what, what is it? The realistic expectations, Marshy? Yeah. I think the realistic expectations, quite honestly, uh, you have to win the first round. So, so if you're not a team that gets the bye, you can't get bounced in the wild card series. This year used to be the wild card game. Now it's a wild card two out of three series. Right. Uh, you can't get bounced there. I mean, I don't necessarily think the expectations have to be NLCS. I'd love to see it, but I definitely think NLDS has to be the minimum expectation for this team. I stand by it. And we stand by you. Yeah, we do. No matter what. I think this is a... Drop your pen and bang your head. It was the rundown. You dropped the rundown or the pen? I dropped the rundown when I smashed my head (sighs) into the uh, countertop. I was in disbelief, too. I was like, did you just hit your head? Yeah. It was like... Yep. Came right back up, though, didn't I? Yeah. And still talked. There's... That first, that first noise in my head. Marshy, play the clip where he bangs his head and I ask him, did you just hit your head? As if there was any doubt. <laughs> That's the one I like. Hey, I gotta find it. <laughs> All right. All right, well, Marsh will find that. We'll find it. Then we'll come back. We'll tell you what you missed. Do some you criticisms missed and compliments. his head. You didn't, because we keep playing it. Hurts you every time. Know. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you miss anything from today's show, make sure you go to 101ESPN.com or Check us out on the 101 ESPN mobile app or podcast. It's brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Had a great conversation with Cardinals Hall of Famer and uh, World Series champion Matt Holliday. Talked to him about Jordan Walker making the team. His biggest challenge moving forward now that he's got gotten out of spring training has made the opening day roster. What's Jordan Walker's biggest challenge? Matt Holliday talked about it and talked about uh, whether or not he endorses a potential trade that the Cardinals could make at any point uh, this season. Jeremy Rutherford s- spoke to us about going to Tony Twist's house earlier today for a feature and uh, some of the fun stuff there. We handed out our Cardinals season leader predictions, made predictions on ER, you know, lowest ERA, who's going to hit the most home runs, the high, have the highest batting average, most stolen bases for the Cardinals this season. Talked a little Lamar Jackson and broke down last night's Blues game, their offense, and also their suspect defense. Again, you can find all of that at our podcast at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 ESPN mobile app. Marsh, what do we got for criticisms and compliments? Yeah, Jamie wanted me to play this clip uh, before the show ended, so, you know, this one's for Jamie. Quite honestly, Sammy Blay has provided a spark. Another assist last night for Sammy Blay. Uh, he stays hot for the Blues. Did you just bang just, your head? 
Yeah, that, that thump that you heard in that clip was that me hurt. smoking my head. Man. I dropped my rundown. <laughs> I just it was the opening segment. I dropped my rundown on the ground, mm. and there's a counter that... I mean, I sit at this same... I've sat at this same mic for 10 years now. I, yeah. I know where the counter is. They've never changed the counter. They did change the microphone arm, though. Right, so but that... Maybe that uh, no. confused you a little bit. Mars said it had nothing to do with it. I'm just trying to help I, you I out. knew the counter was there. Never done that before. Smoked my head. Same guy that ran his face into my parent, the side of my parents' pool at spring break last year. And you know what? It happens. It happens. Learned that in... Uh, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump taught you that? Yeah. That's it how, happened? Yeah, that's oh, how it was created. the t-shirt. Got it. Yep. It that ha- makes sense. You know, it, yeah. it happens thing. Yep. So. Okay. Got it. All right. Let's get to the criticisms and compliments from the 314. Going to have to keep a close eye on ribs today. He's on one. L-M-A-O. He was on one. Yeah. He was. He was. He was heated. He was bouncing off the walls. He's fired up for Cardinals opening day, though. He really is. He's ready to go. How can you blame the guy? He's excited. From the 661, hey, Anthony. Hey. In your quest to understand more about soccer, The Athletic made an awesome book called How to Watch Football, 52 Rules for Understanding the Beautiful Game on and Off the Pitch. It gives strategy, terminology, some awesome history, Hmm. and even future trajectory. This is in all caps, all with pictures, so Jamie may like it too. Oh, no. Oh, no. Anyways, love the newfound passion. Maybe the book can help. I like it. Thank you. I will check that out, and I will also recommend it to Jamie. Jamie does. Jamie knows. He might know more soccer than you do. Oh, there's no question he does. Marsh, that's not, that, that is not a debate whatsoever. Jamie, first of all, Jamie played hockey, and there's... There, there are some common traits to both sports, so he understands that. His daughter is a very good soccer player. I mean, she's only, I think, in middle school at this point. She's a very good soccer player, and Jamie's picked up the game from that standpoint. There's no question Jamie knows more about the game than I do. We have one from the 618. And we get a lot about the gauntlet today. People love the gauntlet. Uh, they were all laughing, but from the 618, I think... I think that you guys might have gotten it wrong. Jamie said 1100, and then your contestant said 1101. I believe that contestant's supposed to say his, and then you read off with Jamie once just saying. <laughs> yeah, but Jamie, it's, it's true. That normally, the the gauntlet contestant says their their number right. after one of us wrote down what the what our number was. So it's all in the up and up. But what Jamie did, he got he got a little too excited. He blurted out his number. So Josh, the contestant, just upped them by one, and that was it. And wound up getting closer to the pin. You think it'd be funny if he did the the Price is Right rules, but it was lower than Jamie. So won. he went one un- yeah one yeah. under. Or the be- answer, but or the answer was was under too. It could well, have backfired if, if the if the answer was under and Jamie yeah. ended up winning. I feel like it'd be a lot like really anticlimactic if you think about it. Be like, ah, I got you, Jamie, yeah, but it's like no, he didn't. ten, you know, ten twenty-five or something like that. Yeah, the gauntlet had a little bit of controversy, but Jamie handled it the right way. 
From the, well, actually, this is from FedEx Brian. Just when I couldn't laugh harder at Stalter for hitting his head, <laughs> he goes, X-Files. <laughs> he accuses the 618 of being Gersh. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Love the show like always. Thank you. I thought we unearthed something pretty pretty amazing today about who the, the true identity of who the 618 is. Check that out at the podcast, too. All right, for Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. We'll see you tomorrow at Ballpark Village for Cardinals opening day. Can't wait. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.